You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday for Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. I am your host, Manny Brown, joined as always by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what up? What's going on, Manny? How are you? What is up? It is that time of year, right? Playoff basketball is officially back. What a weekend it was. Just from a a standpoint of like, you know, listen, our teams didn't, we'll get into it, but like just from an entertainment standpoint, I'm happy. Well, first of all, it's it's fun. It's fun to have playoff basketball back. It is. As we, as you and I both know it as, right? Like the bubble, I got to admit, it was hard at times last year, even as a Laker fan. It was hard. I mean, you get used to it. You know, probably it about the second round, right. I got used to it. it I, I got right. a little used to it. I mean, obviously, it helps having a team in there that's, you know, going to win a championship. So that obviously kept my attention. I get it. You know, if I was a damn Sacramento Kings fan, I don't know how much I would have been watching. I right. get it. But, uh, yeah, the bubble was hard to get used to. It just didn't, it just never felt right. And, uh, even this year at times, it just with no crowds in these buildings, these just cavernous arenas with no crowds, little to no crowds. I know the crowds kind of came back as the season kind of ended there. I know some, sometime in March is when like most teams, most cities started allowing some fans in the building, but it just never really felt, never really felt normal again this weekend. Finally, it felt normal. So, yeah, that was that was a uh, that was a much needed upgrade, much needed upgrade. But before we get into all that, yeah. how are you, sir? How was your week? I'm doing well. Um, I it's weird. I'm on like this high. I, I have work every freaking day for the no off days, huh? Two weeks in a row. I think I've worked up to this point fourteen straight days, and now the five work day work weeks coming again. So uh, it's just a lot, but it's it's worth it, man. Um, if it's gonna make me accomplish my goals, you work hard now, play later, and at least and, um, and at least you're doing something you love to do. It's not like you know you're yeah. you're you're like, you're laying cement somewhere in some godforsaken city. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like I, yeah. I I really have a feeling a year or two from now I'm gonna look back on this and think I'm glad you know I pushed through and you know did what I did. So yeah, you know, it is what it is. I'm on this weird high right now. I don't know why. Maybe because I just got home from Dave and Buster's, but. <laughs> well that's always good that's always good david busters is like one of my favorite places so yeah of course you should be you should be on a high after coming back. hi baby come Let's on go. man come on <laughs> uh, yeah 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 no it was a good week good week good week over here uh you know first official week at mlbbro.com so that went well i've gotten some good reviews on uh, my appearance if you guys haven't checked it out i'm on debatables a segment called debatables that is on MLBBro.com, and uh, you guys can check it out. Go support it. Go retweet, share, watch, all that good stuff. Yeah, go check that out, man. It was. Uh, I'm proud of it. Uh, I've got some good reviews of it. So yeah, no, it was, it's good. It's good. It's good. What did Rob say, yeah, might be asking. Rob was Rob was happy. Rob okay. texted me. <laughs> Rob, no, Rob texted me. Uh, so it dropped on Thursday, and it was crazy because I didn't even I didn't even watch it till like Thursday night. Cause I was just so busy on Thursday and Rob texted me like maybe like two o'clock in the afternoon, right. As they had like just posted it. And he was like, it's like, Hey, I'm really happy with the show. Like you sounded, you, you killed it. Like he was just yeah. couldn't say enough good things. He was already awesome. telling me, you know, think of the next thing you want to do next segment. You want to be part of blah, blah, blah. So think of somebody in there, baby. Let's go. Yeah. 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 No, I, I haven't been fired yet. 
You know, that's always, you know, I don't care how good you are at a job, you know, your first day, your first thing you do, you know, you're always nervous. So uh, I made it through the first. I made it. I made it through the first. So that's good. That's good. So nah, man, it was it was really dope. It was really dope. Uh, like I said, everybody, Rob, everybody from Rob on down has been so welcoming and so helpful. And, you know, I couldn't ask for a better team. So, yeah, man, it's, it's really dope. It's really dope. So nah, it was a good week. Good, good week. Good, good week. How's the family? Everybody staying healthy? Uh, yeah, everybody's healthy. Um, no complaints. My mom's yeah. back from vacation. My dad just left for vacation. <laughs> Get so, it. Yeah, I hear, good, I hear you. Can't complain. Yeah, a little programming note. Uh, there will not be an any given Sunday next week because I will be. I'm taking a little mini mental health break. Good for you. Uh, just going to see my friend, actually, friend of both of ours now, uh, uh, Justin, friend of the show. I'm going to go see him in Boston. So uh, it's only my second time in Boston. So uh, I took a couple days. I guess the wife got tired of me just being a hermit here in uh, in the house. So she was like, yeah. "Just go somewhere. I don't care where you go. Just go. Go for a couple days." God, you need that, man. Yeah, no, sometimes you need that, man. You need you need just a break from just the monotony. You need a couple days to just hang out. Like I know I said at the beginning, like, oh, I'm working 20 days because I but at the same time, like mental health is important and rest is just as important. I'm not gonna be working to the bone forever. Like I will trust me. Yeah. I'm going to rest. (laughs) Yes. Please don't don't send like don't send like concerned tweets about Josh's well being because he's working two straight weeks. No, it happens, man. It's grind mode. You know what I mean? It's 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 that time of year, man. I mean, all you know, every sport's got something going on to a certain extent. So, you know, for us podcasters, it's it's grind season, man. Playoffs, baseball. I mean, whatever you do, it's just you know, just it just feels like there's just constant need for content. So, yeah, no, I get it. But no, I'm just taking a little break, a couple days, gonna be gone. Uh, so we'll be back not next week, but the following week with a, a brand new episode. So yeah, man. So we definitely got to make this show uh, well worth it because we're gonna, we're gonna be gone for a, for a week. So yeah, let's man. But let's get into it. Playoff basketball is officially back. Like I said in the intro, um, first and foremost, I mean we're gonna just run through these games like we kind of like what we do with NFL Sunday. So we just kind of recap every game, um, just kind of our thoughts, overreactions, underreactions, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, let's just kind of just delve right into it. Let's start with the first game on Saturday, which was, uh, heat, the heat and the bucks, uh, thoughts on that game. Oh man. Uh, as somebody who has, I, I, I've realized I've kind of quietly have been rooting for the bucks without knowing it. If that makes any sense. I want to see, them ex- I, I want to see them succeed. They're one of those teams in the league that like once Giannis is gone and once this era is over, they're going to go back to being irrelevant. So while they're relevant, I would like right. to see them do well. I like the right. brand, like I like the logo, I like the colors, like it just and it's a historical Walmart. franchise. I mean, yeah, they had and, and that's you know, crazy. Big o, it's, a, it's an historical franchise. Kareem Jabbar won a championship with them, so but yeah. like when if you don't have a Giannis, like you're you're right. the best they ever were was like a seven A seed with Brandon Jennings. Well, they had you know yeah. those round years too, yeah. but so I realized I'm rooting for the Heat. I'm not for the, for the Bucks. Yeah. So watching that first game, you know, against the team uh, that beat them last year. It came with a W, but man, if I'm a Bucks fan, there's I didn't see anything that game that made me go, okay, this year, this is the year. Huh, I, interesting. I think I think they come. Along, I think they win this series. I do. Uh, I'm. I think that the way to go now is kind of like have Giannis throw eight innings and then hand the ball over to Chris Middleton to close the game type of thing. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, because <laughs> absolutely. Giannis, it, it, it's it's not even like a clutch gene thing with Giannis. It's just that the way defenses play him, like he's settling for these. He's just limited offensively. Yeah, he's just he's for these one-legged yeah. jumpers. He's like settling for these mid-range jumpers, and they, he, he he can't do anything with that. 
No. So the only person on that team, well, one of the only people, I think Drew can do this as well, but Chris Milton can create his own shot. He can get to, to whatever spot and and do whatever. So to me, they should run the offense through Chris Middleton when agreed. Time. Yeah. So I think they might have figured that out. Um, hopefully Budenholzer makes that adjustment. I would just have liked to see the Bucks come in and just make a statement game. Like I would have liked to see them win 15, 20 points. I think seeing Budenholzer play that, that drop coverage defense again, even though it's killed you for two mm-hmm. years. Yep. And then Duncan Robinson's going off again. I mean, no disrespect to Duncan Robinson, but he was quiet this year. Like it wasn't, he wasn't the same sure he was last no. year. And now he's back alive. It's because you're giving him space. They're lucky Jimmy Butler was like two for 37, you know? Right. So. My impression in that game was it's going to be a tight series. It's going to be a close series. I was hoping that I could sit here and convince people that the Bucks can win the Eastern Conference. Not sold yet. Although, it's one game. Yeah, I actually have an opposite take on you. I mean, look, everything you said, you're, you're spot on. I'm, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, I think the, the Bucks still still have our work. I, I will be nice. I'll be nice and say they're still a work in progress. I mean, some of the things, some of the issues that you have with the Bucks are kind of still there, you know, boot and holes, or you just wonder where the adjustments are. Giannis, uh, just, he's just limited offensively. He just is. I mean, it's just, he just doesn't, it just hasn't improved. Yeah. I mean, he just has not improved to the point where I think he can be, you know, I mean, he's already a dominant player, but to be a dominant offensive force or hell, not even a dominant offensive force, just a respected offensive player, you know, a guy that you just fear when the ball's in his hands. And right now I don't fear, I don't fear Giannis with the ball in his hands. I mean, he just, he just, I, I, if I'm a, if I'm a Heat fan, I don't fear Giannis at all late in these games because he just, you just know he's very limited offensively, you know, and, you know, you just wonder when is that, when is that light going to come on in his head, you know, and it, it's not like he has a broken shot or like he, there's a semblance there, right? Like you could see that, you know, it's just, I think he's working on it. I think he's, he is practicing and he is actively trying to get better. Some guys, you just wonder, like, do you ever practice Ben Simmons? You ever practice? (laughs) (laughs) Like just at all? Like, you know, but um, no, I think he is. I think he is striving to get better offensively. And he has, he has improved in some areas. His shot used to be terrible. Now it's at least not as terrible. (laughs) So, you know, it's, there is a there there, but again, it's still not consistent. And again, it's not something that you can rely on if you're a Bucks fan, but you know, as far as the opposite take for me, you know, I thought I actually, I actually liked the way the Bucks kind of stayed with it, you know, because in other years I thought that the Bucks would have lost that game. You know, even as close, even as, you know, even as soon as last year, I thought they would have lost that game easily. You know, when when they were really struggling in that game, when the Heat were really starting to come back and settle in and make that a game, because it was it was the Heat's type of game. It was slow, physical. You know, they, the the Heat really kind of controlled the pace of that game, and the Bucks matched them. You know, it was it was it was, you know, it was it was strong. It was it was rough to watch at times, but they stayed with it. They stayed composed, and again, Middleton took over uh, in the fourth quarter and in overtime, and he's really their 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 go to guy late in these games. He has to be. You know, he has to be their closer, like you said. You know, you just. You pat Giannis on the back, get us through, you know, just get us to the ninth inning, baby, and we'll take care of it, you know, and that's what it's got to be. But I was impressed with what the Bucks did. You know, they stayed with it. They they matched the, the heat physicality. They were, you know, they, they showed some toughness there. They showed some resolve, which I like, which you always haven't seen from this team. So, you know, and look, they still may have that blowout game. They may, they, they may still have that dominant game left in them, right? I mean, obviously it's the first of four. It's not a five game series, seven game series. So they may still have that opportunity to have that type of game. But um I was impressed with the I was I was actually 
surprisingly quietly impressed with the Bucks. You know, I thought that was a game that they absolutely needed to win and they won. Great. I think it was more important for the Bucks to win that game than it was for the Heat, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you, I think you made a good point there that I didn't consider, which was last year's Bucks team would have lost that. You're right. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think the Heat, and, and as far as the series goes, I don't think the Heat are as good as they were last year. I, I just don't. They're just, not. Yeah. It's just a component. That's why I'm, not missing worried. I'm not worried about the Bucks winning this series. Um, but I do think you did make a good point. Like when adversity hit, they were able to overcome it rather than yes. fold. Yes. So I yes. do think, you know, I also think the bubble was one of the, uh, the the Bucks were affected by the bubble more than other teams for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was rhythm, but they came into the bubble during the regular season. They didn't play well and they didn't play well in the playoffs either. I don't know if, well, for whatever reason, like, well, I, you got to think about it too. This is a team that for the last two years, they've just steamrolled in the regular season. And, you know, when they've gotten to the postseason, I feel like the lack of having competitive games and really having something to play for. You know, it's one thing to steamroll in the West where you're beating really good teams for the most part every single night. And it's another thing to steamroll in the East. That's just a weaker, a weaker league. Right. So I think that the Bucks have been hurt by that in the last couple of years where they just really don't play competitive games until pretty much April. And, you know, oh, you know, oh, shit. Now we have to actually turn that light switch on and, you know, really play. But when you've been, you know, when you haven't been tested for five, six months, you know, that that's a little bit of a problem, especially for a team like this. Like, again, that, you know, isn't the most talented. They don't have, you know, four or five all stars on that team. So I think that that has hurt them. And I think this year they kind of went under the radar, quiet, not a lot of pressure or not as much pressure as there as there was over the last couple of years with that team. So I think that's actually helped them. And I think coming off the gates with with a tough playoff win like this i think it could help them now watch you know they come out in game two and get smacked you know because it, it is the bucks so you can never you never know game two says a lot about them for yes sure. i want to see how they react to game two i actually do want to see you know how they react to game two but i actually think the bucks are gonna be okay in the series i don't know what that's gonna be like you know you know continuing on in the playoffs i don't know against philly or brooklyn if if that carries over we'll see but um yeah good start for the bucks i think yeah, yeah, you, you. I think you, I think you swayed me a little bit where I should be a little more impressed than I was. I think I was just kind of looking for more of a statement game, especially against a Heat team that, mm-hmm. like I said, like and you should have said, they're not, they're not the same team as last year. And um, you know, I think the Bucks are better than last year. You adding Drew Holiday, adding PJ Tucker at the trade deadline was huge. I think they have like a yep. little more toughness and a little more pitchiness yep. to them, especially on the defensive end, as if they needed it because they've always been a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allows Budenholzer to. You know, you don't have to play that drop coverage when you have PJ Tucker. You don't have to play that drop coverage when you have Drew Holiday because they're so freaking good on the ball that, like, why would you? Like, that's just like, it's like having a uh, a guy in the mountain who throws 100 miles per hour and you tell him not to throw fastballs. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. Um, no, yeah, and your so, points, and your points, yeah. you were right on. You were spot on. I mean, I, I don't want to make this out to be, you know, you know, all, you know, the Bucks were just basically perfect. No, the Bucks no, still I, have yeah. some question marks. Yeah, and I, I think, I think what both you and I just said are is everything is valid. Right. It's just how how you want to take it. Do you want to look at it as like, hey, this Bucks team they survived some adversity, and I'm impressed, and that's a great sign. Or do you look at it as like, hey, they kind of underperformed yeah. and got by by the skin of their teeth, and haven't really fixed the Giannis in the fourth quarter situation. Like yeah. how how are you going to take it? I guess the thing I guess the thing that gives me a little bit more positive you know a positive view on this is that I do think that they found something with Middleton. I, I think getting him more involved in the fourth quarter and just not having him stand around be a spot up shooter or just kind of watching Giannis. I think you know actively getting the ball in his hands, creating creating offensive possessions for him. Basically, you know he's the guy. Carry his home. I think that could be a recipe for them for success going yeah. forward. So 
you know, let's see. Like again, Budenholzer hasn't always been a guy that that necessarily makes those adjustments or carries those, you know, or carries those adjustments from game to game. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, how about the Clippers and the Mavs? 113-103 Mavericks to steal game one. Uh, I'll go with my thoughts on this series. It's same old Clippers. I, I guess we're going to have the, <laughs> I'm, I'm you in this situation when it comes to the yeah. Bucks. I'm with the Clippers. It's just the same old Clippers, man. Again, it's, it's just the same thing. It's just a continuation of last year. You know, to me that the Clippers just, there's just something missing with that team. I, I just don't know what it is. They, I, I don't know if it's just, you know, it's just, is it the killer instinct? Is just that team just thinks that they're better than what they really are? Or, or maybe the media just thinks that team is better than what they really are. I just, I don't know what it is, but it's just the same Clippers. I'm just unimpressed with them. You know, they should be better than this. And it's like, eh, like, you know, Kawhi does what he does. PG, I, you know, so much for, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna prove everybody wrong. You know, he had a statistically good game, but. He didn't have a great game. Anybody who watched that game that watched closely that watched PG he didn't have a great game in that game, game one. You know, it's so again, it's just kind of the same. You know, the Clippers are pretty much the same team as they were last year, although they're not as talented. So that even worries me even more if I'm a Clippers fan. So, and I think the Mavericks are kind of a year older. They're a little bit more mature. I think they're a little bit more battle tested as well. You know, they, you know, they, you know, they went through that physicality with that series last year against the Clippers. So I don't think they're going to be as intimidated this year. Um, hopefully Porzingis makes it through the entire series. That's, that's a big if. Um, but yeah, I, I was actually really impressed with the Mavericks and their toughness and their resolve going in there, you know, a team that, you know, at times kind of physically punked them in a series last year really stepped up. They took it. They was, they withstood that aggression and came away with a very impressive victory, I think. Listen, <laughs> I don't know how I keep doing this. How do I keep trusting the Clippers, Manny? How? How do I do this? You're not the only one, man. You're not the only one. How? You're not the only one. Like, granted, it's only one game. You know what scares me with the Clippers? KP wasn't even on. Like, no. last year, Like last year, when they were in trouble with the Clippers, KP was playing well. He got yes. hurt in game one. But and it yes. was like, oh, man, if KP plays well and if KP never got injured, who knew? Well, guess what? KP's healthy, and he did not play that well. No. <laughs> and they yes. still couldn't know. He's a matchup problem for them. They have nobody. And he, and he hasn't done yeah. anything. He hasn't done yeah, exactly. Luka, Luka's incredible, man. I, it's, it's. I, I don't understand why the Clippers have so much trouble. I think you know there is something to like certain teams just have certain DNA. Like certain teams just are going to fail in the clutch. Certain teams are not going to be able to come through. I think this just might be the Clippers' DNA. I think it really might be. Now they might win this series, but it's not going to be smooth. If they win the series, it's going to be six and seven. I don't. I I don't know how much I buy into like pandemic P. I know it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of hard to like defend yeah. him. Yeah. But like you got to believe he's going to play better, man. He's he had a very good re- regular season. It was under the radar cuz no one wanted to take him seriously because of how bad he was last year. Uh, I don't know. I I I think Ron, adding Rondo was a good addition. I think he's good for a playoff roster. I think they are better than last year. I think they kind of flew under the radar and they were they, I think they're you know threats to anybody in the West. But and I, and it's also partially I don't believe in the Mavs as well. But it's like same thing, like what I said about the Bucks, right? You want to see the Bucks come in game one, make a statement. Well, same thing with the Clippers. I want to see the Clippers like, hey, that three one we did last year, don't even worry about it. We're here. Like, and that was like right off the bat. I mean, the Mavericks were the better team from the yeah. first second of the game. 
Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's weird because like the Clippers should if the Clippers played against everybody else the way they played against the Lakers for some reason, yeah. like the Clippers would be unstoppable. I look, my issue with the Clippers is I just from a fit perspective, I just don't think they're the the prettiest team offensively. Even with you know Ty Lue now, um, I still think Paul George Kawhi it's not a perfect fit. It's still too much of your your go my go your go my go. There's still too much of the same thing, you know. Rondo helps the point guard situation, but still, there's still a little uh, there. Again, it's just not a perfect fitting team. And, and it's weird because you look at that team and on paper, they have talent, but it's just like all the pieces Doesn't just fit. don't, don't fit quite right. It's Paul George and, and, and Kawhi don't fit just right. That, that's what it is. No, that's what it is. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Because right. because if your two best players fit, you can always work things around. It, it doesn't right. matter. You can you, they keep changing the ancillary pieces, but at the end of the day, if Paul George and Kawhi are doing this your turn, my turn thing, and if let's just hope we're both on, right? And there's no synergy within the offense or within those two players between your two best players. This is the result you're always going to come up with, right? Always, absolutely. Always. And that's the main problem. So they can add a Rondo, they can add a Serge Ibaka, and they can win forty five to fifty games in the regular season. But when it comes down to playoff time, if Paul George and Kawhi don't play like a duo in the playoffs, then it complements each other. That's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people, are like, well, who's the best duo duo in the league? Where does Kawhi and Paul George rank? Well, it's like, are they even a duo? Just because you're on the same team doesn't make you a duo. Right. A duo has chemistry. Like LeBron yeah. and AD are a duo. You know what I mean? Like Paul George. And, and I know Kawhi people will listen to this and they'll say, yeah. well, oh, well, Steph and, and Claire are both shooters and they fit, but they're different players. They, right. they do it differently. They're way differently. Yeah. Steph can be on the ball. Steph, like Clay's more right. spot up. Like they complement each other. Right. Clay's bigger. Steph is more exactly. smaller and shiftier. Like and then Paul the George just, and Kawhi yeah. Leonard are literally the exact same player. They're, they're carbon copies of each other. Kawhi's just a little better. So yeah. it's, it's just, it, yeah, it's, I don't even consider them a duo. Like how how could you consider them a duo? Just because they're two good players on the yeah. team doesn't mean they're a duo. You don't play yeah. like a duo. It's, yeah, they have real. I mean, again, I don't want to. I, I don't want to overreact. It's all overreact. After one yeah, game, it's, it's, hey, it's overreact, yeah, underreact, man. That's what we're calling yeah. this segment: overreact, underreact. Yeah. Um, I don't want to overreact, but again, I just kind of in the same sentiment as you is that some of the some of the glaring holes that you saw from the Bucks and some of the glaring holes that I see from the Clippers really haven't fixed them, fixed themselves, and it's a year later. And it's kind of the same thing. And, and in the case of the Bucks, I thought that they showed other things. Well, obviously it helped that they won. So yeah, they overcame uh, adversity, right? But they overcame adversity and they showed something there that I don't think they had shown in other years. But with the Clippers, it's kind of, they showed everything they showed last year. It's kind of the same thing, you know, where they just, they just don't. I, I don't even know. I don't like, again, I know, I know we try to find like a basketball reason, like did the pieces all fit together and whatnot, but. I think it's more than that. I just think I don't know. There's just something missing with this team that yeah. I, I don't it's in know. Their DNA, like yeah. it's it's their personality. Like that's who they are. Yeah, it's just no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess we get well. We, we didn't do this with the Bucks, so we can go back to the Bucks game because um, we could predict some of these series as we go, uh, even though we're one game in. Um, I guess so. What's your pick for the Bucks series, and then we'll go to the Clippers series. What's your pick? I, st- I still have Bucks and six. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they're the better team. I don't think, like you said, I don't think the Heat last year are as good, or this year are as good as they were last year. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think they were teams that benefited from the bubble, and they were teams that were hurt by the bubble. I think with that series last year, you had a team that obviously in the Heat were fine in the bubble, and obviously a team with the Bucks that were just uncomfortable in the bubble. Yeah, It was kind of like the perfect storm. Uh, I think if that series last year was played in Milwaukee and in Miami, I think the Bucks probably win that series. Hmm. Um, 
So, so to me, I, I like Miami, but I, I, I don't think they, I don't think, yeah, I'm taking the Bucks in six. Uh, I'm going to take the Bucks in five. Okay. Um, I think the Bucks, you know, I think the Heat will get a game, maybe even game two, but I just think eventually the Bucks are going to, I just think the Bucks are better. Um, I don't think the Heat are as good as they were last year. And I, and I'm, and I'm riding on the fact that I think, I think the Bucks found something with this Middleton closing games for them. I think that yeah. going through some adversity, especially early in the postseason, you know, I think, I think that the Bucks are a little bit more battle tested. Um, you know, this is now what the third year of this kind of core, uh, this core group led by Giannis. Um, so I think they're a little bit more battle tested. They've seen it all now at this point. So I think they're going to be a little bit more prepared. I don't think they're going to, you know, you know, be, you know, I don't think they're going to have that deer in a headlight look, you know. Nice. Nice. I don't know if you know. <laughs> no, no, no pun intended, right? Um, deer in a headlight look. Um, no, I think, I think they'll, I think they'll serve, you know, it'll be, a, it'll be a competitive, you know, sometimes when you say, oh, it's going to be a sweep or it's going to be five, people think that it's just going to be a dominating series by one team over the other. No, I think it's going to be, I could see five really competitive games that come down to the wire. I just think the Bucks have a little bit more, um, going into this series. I, I also think not having a depot. I think my heart eat the heat in the series as well. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Bucks and five. And then as far as the Mavs and the Clippers, um, I'm going to go with Mavs and seven. Okay. I think the Mavs figure out a way to win the series. I, I, I will maintain this. If KP doesn't get hurt, if Luca basically isn't hampered those last couple games last year, I think the Mavericks, I think the Mavericks beat the Clippers last year. I really do. Um, you know, and I, I'm going to continue that. I just, I just, I don't think. That, aside from the fact that the Clippers have all of their issues, I think the Mavs are just a bad matchup for the Clippers. For some reason, they just, they really struggle against problem. the Clippers. Yeah, they just give them problems. They have nobody to guard uh, KP when he's right, and Luca's just. I mean, what more can you say about the guy? I mean, the, the fact that there's people on NBA Twitter that think Luca might be a little overrated or overhyped or the Great White Hope. It's because he's not like a, he's not the super uber athletic dude. Like it, I, NBA fans gravitate towards athleticism. They do gravitate towards it. If, they you, do. if you're if you're not this highlight reel, they don't. He's he's literally Magic J- Johnson and Larry Bird in one player. He's like yeah. he's a combination of both those players. Both those you know, guys. Yeah. Both of them. He's he's yeah. he's unreal. I mean, once LeBron leaves, this he potentially could be his league. That's how good he is. Absolutely. He he is. I mean, he's so good. I mean, early and even early. I mean, the kid is what twenty one. It's ridiculous. It, it's just uh, like. Yeah, it's scary to watch Luka Doncic play. Like yeah. the fact to think that he can only get better. Like he's not great defensively, but right. who is at this age? And you know, and name me the great player aside from a, few, a handful that were like great two way players. You know, Early. so sometimes I get I think that gets a little bit overrated too. Oh, he's not great defensively. Like okay, I can give you a lot of guys in history that weren't yeah. great defensively. Defense is more and of still, a team thing than people right, think it has right, to be. And, and an effort thing, and an effort thing, yeah. right? Um. But yeah, Luca Luca's Luca's incredible. I don't think there's anything else to say about him. But I think Mavs in seven. What about you? I still have the Clippers in six. And hmm. that's I, I like they might make a fool out of me. I know that. A lot of it has to do with the fact that I really don't like this Mavericks team. You know, I I I do I will concede the point that it seems like this Mavericks team, for whatever reason, gives you know the Clippers trouble. What did you like about him? I'm curious. I don't think they, I, I don't think they move the, like they move the ball well at times. Um, I, I think Luca's supporting cast is very, I don't think, honestly, I just don't think they're talented enough. I, I don't, I disagree. I, I actually think, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I've been a little disappointed with the Mavericks this year because I actually do think they have a pretty decent supporting cast. You think they underperform with the roster that they had? Yes. Is that why I, do. I do. See, I do. And I'm a, and I'm a Carlisle fan. So it's not even like I'm, yeah. I, 
maybe it is an indictment on Rick Carlisle, but you know, I, I like Rick Carlisle as a coach. I think he's a really good coach. Um, yeah. But I just, I've, 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 I have felt myself personally that they've underperformed per this roster. I think this roster is right now. I'm not going to sit here and say this is a 65 win team, but I think this is a better roster than I think they've shown. Well, they're a five seed. Yeah. And so, so to me, I mean, I think they're kind of right where I, 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 I thought they would finish like six, seven. And honestly, if you look at that roster, like I like their roster more than I like Utah's. I like their roster more than mm. I like Phoenix. I do. I do. I'm sorry. I, again, maybe I'm overhyping this roster. Maybe I, you know, Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway, Dorian Finney Smith, like, yeah, I don't like they're not guys. bad players. They're okay. They're okay. Like, they're not, I'm not taking Jalen Smith and, and Dorian. I'm not taking those guys over like Jordan Clarkson and Bogdanovich and Angles. No, no way. Well, hey, <laughs> we'll get to Utah later, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. No, look, um, I, Look, I, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying the Mavericks are going to win a championship with this roster. I'm just saying that I think this roster is a little bit better than I think people give it credit for. And, um, I, I do think this roster has underperformed a little bit. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, you got the Clippers. I think you don't, you still don't buy the Mavs. I just, I, 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 I just, think they'll figure it out. I think they'll figure it out. Although, I just don't know I what they expect with the Clippers. I just don't know what they expect with the Clippers. I think Rick Carlisle is above and beyond a better coach than Ty Lu. Oh, it's not, it's, I mean, just like, we don't even have to talk about it. Like, yeah. it's not even, it's not even, yeah, it's not even like worth having a discussion on. Like, yeah, like, it, it, like, it could get, it could get messy if Ty Lu is still benefiting off that championship. My was, God, has yeah. there anyone that has ever benefited off a championship more than Ty Lu? Maybe, maybe Tom Coughlin. <laughs> My <laughs> he God. He had two, though. Like, Tom, yeah. Tom but had two. Tom had two basically Florida Marlins style run to the place. <laughs> <laughs> like every year but prior in between were just terrible years but you know he's got two like oh my god okay, that great hit, that just hit me yo the giants are the florida marlins oh i've said oh, this yeah. on the show plenty of times i have giant fans that get fucking upset with me yo, that is are. such a that is such a they genius are. analogy one thousand percent fucking florida marlins like I, uh, okay that first giants team was a really good team and eli was just inconsistent that second that second giants team you know damn well had no business Winning a championship. They got hot at the right time. It got hot against the Jets weeks, you know, week 17 or week 16. And they just rode that to the world. That's the postseason. Honestly, man, that that first thing I know is winning a championship. They beat the best team of all time. Yeah. That will never be known as the best team of all time. But, 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 but what I'm saying is like that was a good solid football team, all things considered. They were very like, they were very, um, like the defense, it was defense. It was the defense. Their offense was okay. Their offense was good. Yeah, as solid. long as, there was, as, long as there was just a good, trick. solid football team that just got hot. Yeah, you know the the the, the 2011 Giants were a mess. That shit was just. But Eli was Eli. That was to me. That was Eli's best season overall. Which is weird, right? Because you know the 07 team was the better team, but right. 2011 Eli was the better Eli. So yeah. it, it, I guess it evens out. Eli but. Eli had a lot of fourth quarter comebacks that year. He he Eli. That was the best year in Eli Manning's career in my mind. Yeah, we, yeah, we, but yeah. It's, that's it's that is a argue. genius analogy. That I'm stealing. <laughs> I've said it before. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. and any any giant fan that gets mad at you is just, that's just. Oh, like, I just listen. Like I have several of my family that get mad at me all the time. It's true. It's, 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 it's one thousand percent true. One thousand percent true. Hey, I just, I just without I just, the fire, like sales. I see it, man. I without just, the fire I, sales, but right, right, right. There's no Wayne Heisingas. Although uh, John Mara hasn't exactly, uh, you know, lived up to his. Uh, Old man's uh, legacy, I guess, if you put it that way. Yeah. But 
whatever. Now, this is not about the Giants. It's about the Mavericks and the Clippers. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what they accept from the Clippers, man. I, I again, you know, and I, and I full disclosure, I, I look, the Clippers can come out the next game and blow the doors off the Mavericks. It wouldn't surprise me. And then I could also see the Mavericks winning game too. I, I just, I don't know what to expect from this Clippers team. I just really don't. So, yeah, Clippers for me or Mavericks for me in seven. You have the Clippers in six, right? Yeah, still. All right. I'm sticking with my pick. Uh, let's move to game one. Nets, Celtics, 104-93. Nets, tough, hard-fought game one. Uh, thoughts on that game? Disappointing the Nets. Um, but it, they just showed that like when they want to turn it on, it's mm-hmm. it just is what it is. Like I thought they were going to win this game by 20. Mm. They, they ended up winning by double digits anyway. I I think they're a team that like they're just they're bored. Like they haven't really played all together yet. Like Harden and Katie yeah. and Kyrie haven't played all together yet, but they know what they're capable of. They know who they are. And unless they have a challenge, they're yeah. not going to do it. So, so to me, like the Celtics series doesn't mean anything. I think starting next series, when I see Milwaukee, if my prediction is correct, that's when I'll start to make judgments about the Nets and like, oh, they need to do this better. Oh, they need to do that better. Cause right now I just feel like they're going through the motions and their talent's just going to take over in the second half if it's tied or, or, or whatnot. So I, I'm not taking too much stock into this series. Cause I, I think they sweep the Celtics. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I, this yeah. Nets team kind of remind me of that first heat team, uh, that, that 2011 heat team where you just could tell they were just going through the motions. They just knew how good they were. They were just kind of. Just basically rolling the basketball out there and just kind of just relying on the talent alone. And look, that's good enough to get you far. Um, I'm interested. I'm curious to see the first obstacle that team faces, how they're going to react. Because again, they have a lot of guys on that roster that, you know, in the past when things have gotten a little tricky, you kind of wonder about their makeup. Um, So. You know, I'm going to be interested to see, you know, maybe they lose a tough game one and they're down 0-1 in the series, or maybe they go down 0-2. I don't think this is going to happen, but whatever. Let's see. You know, they go down 0-2. You know, what's what's going to be that resolve on that type of team? You know, because, it, again, that, it's been easy when they've been healthy and they've just been dominating people. You know, um, I still have my concerns about that team. Steve Nash coaching. Um, defensively, I think they still have some problems. Yeah. Um, you know, who closes in the fourth quarter? I don't know if I... I- you think there's a problem with that? Um, I do, just because when you have three, you have a lot of guys that could could conceivably be your closer. I mean, you've got Kevin Durant, probably one of the top 20, 15 greatest players I ever lived. You know, you have Harden and you know Kyrie, two Hall of Famers in their own right. You know, who's the guy that gets that assignment? You know, late in the games, they they could have a Clippers problem in the sense that like yeah. your turn, my turn. I think yeah. I don't think they'll have the same issues as the Clippers because I think that. As you've seen, Harden can kind of step back. I think Harden prefers this role, honestly. I think he prefers to kind of just be the point guard and, and, and just kind of create offense for everybody else and just not have the pressure of him, you know, as we've seen in countless other postseasons. Um, and obviously, you know, Kyrie is, is never shy and then KD is KD. So I don't, I don't think they'll have the same issues as the Clippers, but they could potentially have that problem. We'll see. Um, I'm just interested to see what it looks like, right? I'm just interested to see what it looks like a close playoff game, 101 98 down. Yeah. They need a guy to take a last shot. Like who's who's going to do that, right? Yeah, and it's like I can't really judge them until then, right? It's like I don't really know, right? That, that's what I'm saying. It's a wait and see with this team. It's a wait yeah. and see. Um, yeah. As far as the Celtics, look, I, I was impressed with the Celtics. They they played hard. Yeah, but they're just they're they're, they're just not whole. They're missing Jalen Brown, and I think they're going to miss Jalen Brown in this series. 
Because I think he could have been someone that you could put on a Harden or a Kyrie, even KD in stretches and, you know, make those guys work. But, you know, the Celtics are just, you know, um, the Celtics are just injured and they've just been inconsistent all year. So I, I expect this series to be done fairly quickly, maybe four. I'd say I'm going to give this Celt- four. I'm not going to give him a game. You can't give him a game. I, I thought about it. I was like, maybe Tatum can go off for one game, nope. drop another 50 burger for one game. No. You know what? Just because he's, you know, because just because he's a part of the brotherhood, Jason oh, Tatum's a fellow it. dookie. Um, I'm going to give him one so game out of respect. Out of respect. I'm going to get, right. you know, Jason Tatum can have a 49 point outburst. Stop. stop. Uh, Again. Yeah. It's, and then Kyrie has 30 and Harden is like 20, true, 12 true, and 11 true. and Shit. KD has 36. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, fuck. All right. All right. Go ahead. I'm going to take it. Nets, take a five. Nah, take Nets a five. and four. Nets and four. Yeah. Take it's hard. To, it's hard. To, it's hard. To it's hard to raise. justify. It, there's no way. I, I can't see it happening. Not with all yeah. three players healthy. Nah. Nah. Again, maybe if they had Jalen, I, I think if they had Jalen Brown, I think this could be a five, maybe six game series, but without Jalen Brown, I just, you know, I just don't okay. see it. Um, may, like I said, maybe if Tatum gets hot, drops 48, you know, Kemba actually earns his paycheck for a change. You know, I mean, he's been playing better as of late. He's played better. He's played yeah. better. And, you know, he had stretches in the last game. And again, it just, it just, yeah, it just, it just, again, it's just too much firepower by the Nets. I just don't know if they have enough. Yeah. Although Robert Williams played, I mean, with turf toe. The, yeah, the, yeah. the the game that he had, oh my god! Yeah, he played well all season. Yeah, like that's Robert. that's what that's what that's what like I I'm never so so gun ho on like the Celtics need to tear it up and fire this person and fire like, like there's like pieces they need to just kind of just tweak. yeah. And if they're all they have to be healthy, of course. I mean, right. Marcus Smart's been out all year. Kemba didn't play well, and now Jalen's right. out. So it's just it's a lost year. That's really all it is. It's a lost year for the Celtics. Next year I they'll agree. be back. They'll be back. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So Nets or so Nets and four for you. Yeah, I'm gonna go nuts and four. I, I tried to convince myself to go nuts and five, but I just, I, yeah, I don't see it. Um, okay, and then the last of the Saturday games, uh, Trailblazers defeat the Denver Nuggets, one twenty three, one oh nine. Man, I think Denver might be in trouble. Denver uh, is in trouble, Manny. You want to hear this hot take? Go ahead. If Will Barton does not play in this series, it's Blazers in five, maybe even four. There's no way. Listen. There is no possible way that Composo, Austin Rivers, and Monty Morris can be your guard rotation and expect not CJ, Norm Powell, and Dame to get their buckets. And then on top of that, on the other end, as bad and putrid as the Blazers are defensively, Composo, Rivers, and Monty aren't going to give you the supplementary points that you need. No. To back up Jokic's 30 or whatever. You're not going to get it from Aaron. MPJ might go off and might be able to steal a game or or maybe two at max. But I'll be honest with you, man. If Will Barton does not come back, they I don't I I can't possibly conceive a way where the Nuggets win more than one game. I can't I, I know that sounds like an exaggeration and a hot take to some people because the Nuggets are like when Western Conference Finals last year, and you know, Jokic is the MVP and the three seed, and the Blazers are inconsistent on defense. You, they are missing literally their two best perimeter players against a team that is loaded on their perimeter. Absolutely loaded. The only way you can beat the Blazers, especially with them scoring at will, is if you outscore them. 
you can't outscore the Blazers if your backcourt consists of Austin Rivers, Compazzo, and Monty Morris. It's I don't care how well Nurk, uh, and Jokic plays. I don't care how well MPJ plays. It's not going to happen. Like this to me, if Barton doesn't come back, this series is over. It's over already. Like the they play Monday, which is tomorrow. Like I, I'm like, I'm I'm willing to go down to Jersey to the sports book and throw like five hundred dollars on the game. That's how confident I am that the Blazers are gonna win this game. Yeah, um, I'm not as confident as you, but I do think I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. The only reason I'm not caught because Portland is just yeah. Portland, and it's because they're just defensively they're just so bad, right? I mean, and but that's just, how that's how Portland loses. Every, like when Portland loses, it's because the other team outscored them, and Portland allowed you to outscore them because they're so terrible defensively, right? But, right. But you still need the weapons to outscore them. That's why right. they beat the shit out of teams that are below 500. Like they'll beat the crap out of any team they're more talented. Yeah, they'll dominate you. Yeah, when they, yeah. all year they beat the crap out of teams they're more talented than. Period. The teams that beat them, they usually lose to good teams because they're either equally matched in talent or they have more talent. The Denver Nuggets, as constituted, without Jamal Murray and Will Barton, do not have the talent that the Portland Trailblazers And have. trading away Gary Harris, who's and trading, probably yes. their best perimeter defender. Yes. And I said it at the time. Yep. I said it at the time. I Very did call out. I, I did not. I didn't love the Aaron Gordon trade. To me, it's like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yep. You know, you're weakening yourself on the perimeter with the defense. And I think Gary Harris is a really good player. He's a shot maker. He He's was, a guy that can yep. balance, you know, he can kind of give you, he could supplement what you lost in a Jamal Murray. Spread maybe not floor. all, maybe not from the point guard perspective, right. but definitely from the offensive perspective. And then he brings that defense, that perimeter defense where you can it's, throw him on a CJ. Yeah. You can and throw then, him on a Dame. And then, yeah. And then you, you can expect Marcus Howard to come off the bench and give you 20 every game. I'm like, yeah. come on. Like, let's be yeah. honest, man. Like, the way to beat the Blazers, you outscore them. And they'll let you outscore them. Like, don't get me. They will let it happen. Like, the Blazers, you can outscore them, but you have to have the roster to do so. Right. The Nuggets don't have the roster. And any, yeah. if, if the only way they win the, win a game is if a MPJ goes off, Jokic goes off, and they get a third player to kind of go off, and Capazzo's hitting the three, like, they get contributions from everybody. And at the same time, <laughs> the Blazers go cold from three. Like, so yeah. much has to happen. Like, this tip, I'm I'm telling you this series is over already. If Barton doesn't come back this series. No, you're listen, you're not wrong. I, I'm I'm not as as gun ho as you. Like I'm not, but just because the Blazers have sh- failed me so many times in the past. I mean, years where I thought this is the Blazers year or this is the year the Blazers are going to finally do something big. They'll they'll come out. I mean, the Blazers, I mean, they're just like the Clippers. I mean, they're liable. You love the Blazers one game and they're liable to come out and drop a ultimate dud in game 2 and you're just like is this literally the same team that we watched just two nights ago? Um, I, that being said, you're right. I mean, everything that you're saying is absolutely spot on. I just, I didn't like this match. This is another thing. I think the Blazers love playing the Nuggets. I think they match up well against them. They're not afraid. They're not intimidated of the Nuggets. You know, I think Jokic, I think Nurkic plays up to the Nuggets in these situations. I think he, he really wants to play well against his former team and against the guy that he basically was discarded for. You know, I, I think the Blazers just, they're not afraid. They're not intimidated. They match up well. These no. teams have met the last they, couple of years in the postseason. They, they, they've played, they've played multiple, like they have experience. I'm not a big on experience. I mean, we'll get to it later. Trey Young in his first playoff game basically won the whole freaking mm-hmm. playoff game by himself. But like, but like game has been to the Western Conference final. CJ beat the Nuggets in a game seven by like, like this yeah. team is like, this has been there, done that. Like, right. Max, like there's, yeah. there's, and, and people forget too, like Jokic is MVP. Jokic is better than Nurk. 
But Nurk can ball too. It's not Nurk like is a good player. He's just inconsistent. You know? Yeah, Nurk and, and it's not. But it, but it's not like Jokic is, is isn't gonna have to put in work on the opposite end. It's not like Nurk. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be better than Jokic. He's not gonna give Jokic his no. numbers because a he doesn't have to. But right. B, like he he can cancel him out in some sort of way or fashion. Like he can he can equalize him in some sort of way or fashion. He gives I, Nurk, he gives he gives Jokic something to think about because he's, yeah. he can he can he can bang with Nurk because Nurk can bang, and, he can and then he, he can do right. Watch. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a horrible matchup for the Nuggets. The thing with Nurk is just he just has to stay healthy. He's just never healthy. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that's the, that's the one thing with him, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Again, I'm not as gun ho. Like, I'm not going to drive down to Jersey and put, you know, put the house up. But, yeah. um, you know, but I, but I do, but I, everything that you said. And again, I called it. I, I think that trading away Gary Harris is the move that I think a lot of people are not talking about. I, I would say I would say nobody's talking about because you were the first person who said that, that Gary Harris and Tor- and Tori and Craig too like those yeah. other guys that and letting think- and and letting um what's his name go? Jeremy uh, Jeremy Grant go to Detroit yeah that's another yeah. thing honestly like and I know you're getting into the cap and reworking yeah. salaries and contracts I get all that but to me I, I thought Jerry losing Jerry and Grant was a huge blow to this team I, honestly right now I'd rather have Jerry and Grant than Aaron Gordon. That yeah, Aaron, like how, think about how much they've weakened their defense getting rid of Grant and Gary Harris. Absolutely, tremendously, tremendously. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, I. And 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 now you got to give MPJ more minutes, who is fantastic offensively, but like gets picked on on the other end. And even and and even he sometimes. I mean, he's one game he'll have thirty, and you're like, wow, this guy's the next. Yeah. He's got next, and then the next six night he'll have 24. six for twenty four and have ten points, and you know. We'll tweet something negative about BLM. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maga Porter Jr., baby. Yeah, um, nah, man. Uh, I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I don't really love uh, Denver in this series. I didn't love. I just again after the Jamal Murray injury, that was the worst thing that could have happened. They're not the same team. People, people the same. hear no. They hear Nuggets and they think, oh, Western Conference Finals last year, MVP. Mm-hmm. This is not the same team. This would be no. like if the Blazers didn't have like CJ McCollum and Norman Powell. Yeah, like the, yeah, they, they, they're the Blazers, but they don't have like two of their best perimeter players. I mean, look they at the firepower this team has. I mean, this is an offensive series. That's why we keep talking about firepower. Because this is not a te- this is not a series based on defense. This is just like who's going to play enough defense to stop the other team. Right. But you know, this is an offensive firepower type of te- type of de- type of series. And just look at the firepower in the Blazers. I mean, you've got Dame. Obviously, goes without saying. CJ yep. Norman Powell. I mean, when when legitimately Carmelo Anthony. I know you're not in love with Carmelo. I get no, but he, he's it. Ser- I mean, he's Carmelo Anthony, like one it's of the great the scores in history, is literally at times could possibly be your fourth option, maybe fifth option, fifth, fifth, fifth. or even and if he. And if Covington is on six, I, I forgot. I forgot about Covington. And that's and that's a thing. Like, like if you put Melo on the Nuggets, as much as I dislike him, who would you rather have? Like, he's third. Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Melo. Come on, like this to me. Like you just said, it's an offensive yeah. series, and the Nuggets don't have enough ammunition. Yeah, they don't I agree. I agree. And Nuggets fan, can we stop with the with the Melo hate? Like it's 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 done. It's over with. It's not, long not, long enough as long enough time has passed. It, it's I get it. I understand. I get it. But still, it, it's you know, give him a nice nice applause. He did he did play seven and a half years for you. He basically re- resuscitated that franchise. I mean, does anybody remember what the Nuggets were before Carmelo got there? <laughs> you know, but please remember. Um, 
I know you're not a big Carmelo fan, but you know, it, it, it has dragged on enough now. Like it's, it's gotten to the point now where it's like, okay, we get it. You, you know, you're not, you're not, a, you're not the biggest Carmelo fans because of how he left or when he, or how he decided to leave. But I actually, I don't, I never hated the way he left. Like he told them ahead of time, like, look, I don't, you know, I don't plan on I resigning. Ransom, I got a ransom for him. Um, but now continue it. That chance. Please continue it. He deserves to get booed every time he touches the floor. <laughs> I knew and I wasn't going to sway you on that. <laughs> and then when he comes back to the garden. If he's ever at a game, I will boo him for the rest of Oh the my game. God. I, of I, listen, my goal before, before my, before my time is up on this earth, my, my goal is to have you and Carmelo in a room. And I was on a Zoom call with Carmelo. <laughs> I was on a Zoom call with Carmelo Anthony. I said hi to Carmelo Anthony and in the back of my head. I was like, you have no idea what the shit Bastard I said about motherfucker, you. Motherfucker, you ruined my but here, and, but I, but I always say this. I always have the disclaimer of like, I will never, ever deny his greatness or his place in history. The man is by far one of the best scores this game has ever seen. Mm-hmm. First ballot Hall of Famer. And the fact that that was even an argument like a year or two ago was like ridiculous. The fact that he had to sit out for a year and a half to, you know, playing basketball two years out of the game was just... Was it though? It was. It was. Come on. You know that. <laughs> come on. You know that was bullshit. I don't care how much... I don't care if fucking Carmelo slept with your daughter. I'm just I mean, saying. Everybody just knew saying. that was some bullshit. I'm saying there's a, there were reasons for it. Yeah. I mean, look... Carmelo was Carmelo was not an angel. I, I, I don't. I don't even think Carmelo would even say. I think Carmelo would even say like, "Yeah, I, I did. I handle some things in the past probably wrong. Yes, but to be the the fact that this man was basically blackballed for two years that he that didn't just, deserve. He didn't deserve all that. He didn't no, deserve all that. No, no. He deserved a little. He he deserved probation. He didn't deserve a two year sentence. They get this motherfucker. You know, they made they get this motherfucker twenty five years for a damn dime bag. Like shit. Like the Lord. Yeah, they did. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but that's exactly that's the equivalent of what happened. <laughs> so one twenty three, one hundred nine. So you've got Blazers in four. I'm going to say four. I am. I really am. I've got Blazers in five. I think Blazers. Will, I, I I give the Nuggets a game just because I don't trust Tri- Portland at times, especially with their defense, and they're liable to have a clunker in there. You know, they're liable to have a clunker. See, if, well, the thing is with that, their two best defenders are Nurk and, and Covington, and. Those are the two, the like they match up with the Nuggets too well. Yeah, like you can yeah. Nurk on Jokic. No, look, on MPJ. I've been on a couple it's, group it's, chats. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for Denver. Nightmare. I've been on a couple group chats and I've been saying the same thing. I was just like, I think, I think Denver's done. Like they're know. done. And yeah. I don't want to be that guy that overreacts after one game. I know the plan. I'll be right. that guy. You can show him the video from this footage and you're like, listen, hey. he said it, not me. Listen, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. So yeah. I've I've got Trailblazers in five. That's, okay. that's what I'll go. I'll be nice and say Trailblazers in five. All right, let's go to the Sunday games. Uh, 76ers, Wizards, 76ers, 125-118 in a game that that was a lot more competitive than I think yeah. people expected. Yeah, I, the Wizards if if you if if you sleep on them, they'll they'll sneak up on you and they'll put points up on the board. Well, they got game. Russell Westbrook and That's what I'm saying. Beal. When you could start the game with two of the top 15, 20 players in the yeah. NBA. You're all they can win any game. That's that's the thing with the Wizards. Like Beal and Westbrook can they can literally they they have a puncher's chance in every game. Philadelphia to me, I I think this is going to be as close of a sweep or five game series as you could possibly have. Where like Washington doesn't get blown out in any game, but they probably <laughs> lose every game. If that makes any I sense. Said the same thing. No, I I yeah, I'm one hundred percent with you. I I said it in a group chat earlier. I think. This is going to be like the closest, most competitive five game series yeah. we'll ever see. Ever. I think I, I will give Washington a game. It's like I Royals, Mets. Wa- Royals Mets. Royals Mets. <laughs> <laughs> have to bring that up. Shit. I'm God, sorry. I'm still, still haven't gotten over it. 
Um, that was a competitive I, ass series. I still have visions of Daniel Murphy that, bobbling that ball in game four. And I still have visions Daniel of Murphy, uh, Lucas, du- Lucas yeah. Duda's errant throw. Extra innings game one that you got to want. Like, <sighs> the quick pitch from Familia. That could have been four. Come on, Josh. One. Really? Seriously? I, I was having a good... <laughs> Having a good week. You came at my Giants with the with the Florida Marlins analogy. I had to return the favor. Oh my god! Oh, Cespedes lollygagging. The the oh god. Matt Harvey trotting out to the mound and then precisely just getting rocked in the ninth. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was on Twitter like, keep Harvey in. You better keep Harvey in, Terry. Would I you was, have kept Harvey? As, in? I, as was I. Yeah. I would. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the mistake was though. Um, once he walks Kane, he has to come out. Get him out. You, you, you can't, you can't yeah, let him get him out. It you was, can't. It was, I hate it was when cool. people have revisionist history. Like, obviously, of course, if we would have known what was going to happen, obviously we wouldn't have put Matt Harvey out there. Right. But I the think energy. if you, if you were to go back in there, I think you let Harvey start the ninth. Once he walks Kane. Yeah. And, 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 and a couple of pitches that he got squeezed, by the way, people forget that. Did he? Um, I don't remember that. Yeah. He got squeezed on a, on a couple of two strike calls there. He got squeezed a little bit, but. Whatever, be that as it may, Kane draws the walk. You got to get him out of there. Got to get him out of there. But everybody brings up game five. I always go back to game four. Mets had a lead. Daniel Murphy bobbles the ball. You know, uh, the Royals come back, win that game. Listen, I've, I've always maintained this. If they win that game four, who knows? It's a totally different, totally different series. If Hell, they, they win, win game one. Yeah. It's a totally different series. Obviously. If they win game five, do they come back 3 1? Who do they have? You remember who they had on the map? They have, they have, they have Degrom, Degrom in Game Six, and they have Syndergaard in Game Seven. <laughs> That's when Thor was Thor too. That was that was peak Syndergaard. <sighs> let's change, let's change the subject. Let's <laughs> again. I'm still, you have still have not. <laughs> still not. Still, still doesn't. Sit I'm well sorry. Well. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, I was rooting hard for the Mets. I was rooting hard for the Mets. <laughs> I really had it. The Yankees were rebuilding. The Mets had all these young stars and young David pitchers. Wright in the twilight of his career. Oh, yes, yes. It's a freaking bomb in game three. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I know, man. Daniel Murphy had one of the great postseasons. Daniel Murphy had one of the great postseasons. The Wilmer Flores story. History. Yep, like, yep. literally, I'll put his postseason up against anybody's. Oh. He hit a home run like every fucking game. Until the World Series. And, of course, he goes cold in the World Series, right? right of course. Of course. Of course. Um, Flores, yeah. the story of Wilmer. Yeah, the story of Wilmer. I mean, listen, that whole year was just Mad listen, I, yeah. Listen, Met fans listening, I don't gotta tell you. That year was just amazing. it was fun. As a Yankee fan, it was fun to watch. Like as yeah. a Yankee fan, I was like, this team is special. Living like, through it gave me an ulcer, but you know, but it was fun though, because it was just like yeah. kick the shit out of the Cubs in the NLCS. Oh man, once we swept the Cubs, I like honestly, bro, like. Once we swept the Cubs, I just thought we were going to win the World Series. I, I just, I, I thought, I, I really thought the Mets were going to beat the Royals because I just thought I don't love the Royals pitching. I didn't love the Royals pitching. I thought the bullpen was tough, but yeah. I thought if you could score enough runs early against the, the Royals starting pitching, the the bullpen is basically neutralized. And I just thought the pitching for the Mets was just going to be too much to handle. But hey, this is why you play the games. Six seven. I, I, I. This think is this is why you play the games. One's right? hard to come back on, especially on the road. But if you're going to have two pitchers go for you, give me the best pitch in the world and give me Thor in his prime. And before, and even before, and before DeGrom was DeGrom DeGrom. Well, he was like, still fantastic. I mean, he's still fantastic. But now he's like, like if now he's a cheat code back then, right. he was just like. DeGrom you know. might be the best pitcher I've seen since Pedro Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I think DeGrom is better than Kershaw. When Kershaw at, at his peak, <laughs> DeGrom yeah. is better than Kershaw. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Like Degrom is just as good as Kershaw because I know people are going to say better. Like, well, better than Kershaw. Yeah, he's better than Kershaw. Yep, he's better best pitcher since Pedro. Yeah, Pedro's the best pitcher I've ever seen in my mind. In my in my uh yes, to me Pedro. I always say there's three: Pedro, Randy Johnson, and and, and Maddox. I feel like Maddox was a little overrated just because Maddox dominated in the regular season and then the postseason <laughs> fell apart. Yeah. Um. But John, but I definitely Randy and and Pedro for me. Randy, Randy, Randy just, to me was more of like a flamethrower. And don't get me wrong, like obviously, like he did other things well. Like, but to me, it was just more of the power that he he had. Yeah, Pedro the power. Me, yeah, it was dominating. Pedro's stuff was electric, filthy. Yeah, filthy. Yeah, filthy. He, it, honestly. Jacob Degrom is the closest thing we've had to Pedro. Yeah, like just look, just look at it. Just he, he, he they're honestly like very similar. Um, he's just bigger. <laughs> but that, honestly, other than that, like, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's crazy. But bring some baseball bring, conversation. Bring, 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 yeah, look at you, look at you, man. God damn, resident, you know, resident uh, Keith Hernandez over I'm here. I'm trying. I'm trying. Shout I, out hey, to man, I appreciate um, Corey Kluber, by the way. No hitter. I pre- yeah, I mean, listen, these no hitters now are getting. Again, ridiculous. It's weird how, like, two years ago, we complained that the balls were flying out of the ballpark. It's too right. much, too many home runs, now and they, now they we're literally seeing. It's yeah. typical baseball, right? They they can yeah. never do it in the middle. It's just like right. one extreme, one way or the other. Honestly, home runs sell the game. Yep. Chicks dig the long ball. Like that. Yep. Question for you. Question yes. for you. Do you think Tony Larusso has already lost to Chicago White Sox? Oh, um, their fucking asses handed to them by the Yankees, baby. And I don't know if it's just, yeah, I, I it, listen, I think it was a combination of the Yankees and I also, but I, I do. I, I, I listen, what LaRusa did was so moronic and just, it's just indicative of the type of guy that he is. And look, I'm not taking anything away from Tony LaRusa. Tony LaRusa is one of the great managers baseball has ever seen. Yeah. He's a bona fide Hall of Famer, great manager. Nothing cannot take away from Tony LaRusa. But this aura of like, you got to play the game the right way, AKA the white way, um, baseball's unwritten rules and all this other bullshit. Like, like, ma- like literally it's, this is what's killing the sport. Like you, yeah. you can't like, okay, I get it. You know, you, because people have been making the call. Well, he, you know, LaRusa told Yerman Machete not to swing. So he did defy the manager. And I get that. I do. You don't want players defying the coaches in any sport. But that being said, was it a big fucking deal? You were winning the game. And this idea that like, oh, it's 10, it's 10, 2 in the night. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I literally, it, I've yeah. been alive to see the Cleveland Indians World come Andrew. back against the Seattle Mariners. Yep. I've Andrew. seen that. The Mets were up 10, yep. 3. They scored seven runs in the ninth inning against the Nationals two years ago. And the Nationals scored seven runs in the bottom of the ninth inning to come back and win. Now, obviously, every team doesn't have an Edwin Rodriguez to go but, but against. But it doesn't matter. It's 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 basically or Edwin Diaz. Sorry, yeah. but it doesn't matter. The game is never over. Ever. I, listen, if I was a manager, I'm as a, as a fan. The Mets are up eleven to two sometimes, twelve to two. I'm never comfortable, right? Because it could change like that, right? It changes like this. So this idea that like you're supposed like, this is my issue. There's no mercy rule in baseball. There's none, and there's no clock. There's no clock in baseball. So you right. keep playing until you have twenty seven outs. And if you don't want to, if you want to go by these quote unquote unwritten rules, then you know what? Just make a goddamn mercy rule like CC Sabathia said and just be done with it. Right. Just be done. But right. like, and then he compounds it by, oh, Lance Lynn has a locker and I have a, I have an office. So like, shut the fuck up. Like, shut up. Yeah. Lance Lynn also didn't get a DUI. You did. Mm. How about that? Mm. I, I just, it's so, it's so crazy to me that That's management so decided to bring him back from the dead. 
Like I, I don't understand what the logic was behind that. Look, I mean, well, I he, look, listen, I, I I'm not going to go that far because again, he is a great Hall of Fame manager. Like yeah, I, I'm but, not one of these guys that believes. But everybody that. was scratching their heads at it. It wasn't like I'm well, it was it was that. it was because baseball had gone so far towards hiring these basically yes men and hiring young guys that have with no managerial experience. So then when you see them basically bring back a guy that was in retirement, yeah, it's like whoa, like what, what is it? Like listen, I think that. Anytime you can hire a Hall of Fame, a legitimate Hall, like legitimately top 10, 12 managers in the history of your sport to manage a very young, fun, exciting team, I don't think you can necessarily go wrong. But yeah, so far, I mean, not knowing the rule a couple weeks ago with the, with the pitcher, I mean, it just, yeah, he, it, listen, they're still in first place. They've played well. Um, you know, they're, they're two best players have basically been out for stretches of this year. Yeah. You know, arguably their best player, their second best player, or third best player, depending on what your perspective is, has been out basically all year and is going to be out most of the year. You know, and the fact that they're still in first place, they're still pretty much playing well all the way up until this weekend or this past weekend against the Yankees. I don't want to read too much into it, but yeah, this could be that moment where he probably lost that clubhouse because again, you got a lot of strong personalities, you got a lot of young guys, and you basically have a manager that basically telling you guys, yeah, fuck you, I'm not defending you, and then to basically drag your guy in the media like that, like what, like, and this, and this is, and this goes back to like the Mets and Lindor, the Lindor and and uh, McNeil situation where they didn't want to bring it out to the media because they didn't want to make it a thing, right? Now it's forgotten about. Right. Rat, raccoon. Like, had they, had they come out and basically said, yeah, I don't like McNeil or Lindor's a pussy or whatever, like, they would have made this a big thing and it would have been constant talking point and it would have been sweltering yeah. in the media. Right. This is what you, this is, this is, this is a clear indication of that. Like, you handle this shit in the locker room. Yeah. Behind you don't bring it out to the media. Right. You're not, he, he, see, this is what I think. This is the old school mentality where it's like, I'm going to bring it out to the media. I'm going to teach him a lesson so that he never does this again. It's like kind of like that like neutering like mentality it's, it's weird where they have to feel like they embarrassed their players so a, that is old school. it's so that is old school. it is old school but that's a, it's, again you don't you're not even seeing this shit anymore in other sports like in basketball like don't you take a three when you're up 30 like yeah i know there's unwritten rules in basketball too to an extent but, but it's I, like i've seen teams blow 30 point leads listen in today's nba with the three-point shot a 20 point no lead Remember when the twenty point lead used to actually feel like the game was like when once a team went up twenty, you thought the game was over. Now it's like the twenty point. Listen, the new the twenty point lead now is a ten point lead. Yeah, twenty is the new ten. Easily, like it's not even it's not even worth discussing. Like so, look, it's it's stupid. You know, he's he's just clueless. He's clueless, but he's always been this guy. He's always been a douche. Yeah, he has. Yeah. So I don't think it should surprise anybody. He's always been a douche. It's just now being, and now there's Twitter and now there's social media and now there's a billion cameras and there's podcasters like us that are calling it out now. CC's but CC's he's always rant. been a douche. For anybody who hasn't seen CC's rant, look it up. Fantastic. Perfect. It was perfect. Why not run the money? It was, it was right on the money. It, he said everything. He was a whole mood. He, he said everything that needed to be said. I'm like, the, the, like really the fact that you're basically chastising this guy for still playing the game. Okay. He disobeyed the manager. Okay. You have a, you sit him down, you talk to him after the game, like, Hey, I get what you did, but still like, don't do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. But right. to make it this big ass thing, you know, play the game the white way. I'm sorry, the right way. Like it, it, it's so stupid. It's so annoying. It's, yeah. yeah. Whatever. I'm getting pissed off just thinking about it again. Cause it's just annoying. But, uh, shit, where were we? We got, we got, we got <laughs> I think we went to the East. I mean, we went to the, uh, day two. Day two. Uh, yeah. Wizards, Wizards and, uh, Sixers. Yeah. We got, we did that. We're, we're good. Uh, yeah, it's a four. That's Sixers four and five. Games. Sixers yeah. and five. Um, Sixers and five. And, and you know what? I had a realization before we move on from that game. I had a realization. You know, I kind of figured out, 
and it's not like groundbreaking analysis here, but I kind of figured out why Russell Westbrook struggles in the postseason. That, but he's just, but besides just shooting, like he just has no offensive game. He literally is a brutal offensive player. Yeah, he's he's inefficient. He's inefficient. He has no go-to move whatsoever. Yeah, he just goes to the hoop and he he gets assists, but there's like no continuity within the offense with the assists, and that's what I try to tell people about Chris Paul. I know a lot of people they hate on Chris Paul. I get, I get, and we'll we'll have a discussion about. I'm know we're gonna have a discussion about him later. Sure, but whether you like him or hate him. The fact that Chris Paul, like everything, whatever offense he's running, it's like an assembly line. Every it's like hand in hand. Everyone knows their spots, where to go. There's rhythm, always. He's, always. he's an actual quarterback. Yeah, like with like, Russell Westbrook, it's like I'm gonna go a thousand miles per hour, and I'm just gonna hit you if you're. Like with Russell Westbrook, it's literally like a wide receiver playing quarterback. Like it's, it's like that's what it feels. And like. And it works sometimes because he's talented. No, it, he's, it it works in the regular season in '82. Like I've I've always said this: the thing that you love about Russell Westbrook is that he's gonna go out there and he's gonna give you 150 percent each and every night in a February uh, in a February night when it's. Right. 20 below and the fucking Kings are in town. He's going to go out there. He's going to play 40 minutes. He's going to have right. 20, 10 and 10, and he's going to play his heart out for 45 right. minutes. And that's what you love about him. And the thing that you, and the same thing you love about him is the thing that you kind of hate about him in the sense that he, he brings that same energy every night, but that also energy can be a detriment. And he's not a great offensive player. He's never really been a great offensive player. He's and it's only great. highlighted. Like yeah. he, like I just watched him today, and I was like, he has no go-to move. He, I think he panics a lot of times. He just panics because he doesn't he know what to do, yeah, so he yeah. just like flails at the basket, yeah. and it's just like, what are you doing? Like, like, like the fact that you've been in the league for almost fifteen years, almost, and you know, and that you you don't even have a go-to move. You don't even like what is what is Russell Westbrook's go-to move? What's a move? What's a highlight move that you like? Oh, head down, go straight to the basket. That's it. And that works against the Kings on a February night. It's not going to work against this team, against the Sixers. It's not going to work against the Golden State Warriors. It's not going to. It's not going to work in big smoke. Yeah, yeah it's not going to work. Yeah. So right. it's, it's like it just finally hit me, and it's not groundbreaking analysis. I'm sure plenty of people have made this astute analysis, right? But it just finally hit me today. I was just like, this dude is just not a great. And I was always known he can't shoot, obviously, but he's just such a terrible offensive player. Like it's hard. Honestly, it's hard to watch. It is. And I, I, I think people get enamored with him. Like I said, it goes back to our last point, athleticism. He's so yeah. freaking athletic. When he, when he dunks, it looks crazy. He's a human highlight reel. He really is. If you put together Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook highlight package, it's, mm-hmm. it's like if I showed someone who never watched basketball, like, what do you think of this man? Like, he's exciting. He, he's amazing to watch. Like, he just is when he's good, but there's so much bad and there's too much bad. And then there's just, and point guard is the one position in basketball where like, you can't have that much bad. You can't. And like he's, you can have a center that's like offensively inept, but like it's great defensively and it's perfect. But point guard, like right. everything needs to be. They need to handle the ball, look for others, have a shot, play. Like there's too much that he just does not do well for me personally as a fan. Yeah, and he's not even a combo guard. Like to, to say he's just a combo guard, no. Yeah. Like he's position. Like he doesn't have a position. Right. Like. He's, he, he, I'll, I'll throw it back. Like, like, remember in NCAA football, the college game, the college video game, like, they would have the athletes on the recruiting trail, like, just yeah. athlete. Like, yeah. that's what Russell Westbrook is. He's just athlete. Like, generic athlete. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a position. He's not a point guard. He's not a two guard. Obviously, we know he's on a three or four or five. He's just an athlete. Just throw him out there and just let him do what right. he does and 
try to figure out mold him in like a claymation into something. And it's just, it's worked for the most part. He's had a hall of fame career, but again, when he gets into these situations, he just, he can't, he's just, he can't give you anything offensively. He's just, and he's never got, I mean, he's just the fact that he's never developed anything. That's the part that's like really like mind boggling. Like you've been in the league almost 15 years and that you've yet to develop anything. No step back jumper. Like nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. It's all just thousand miles per hour at the rim. And when I went and, and ball, when I'm that like, athleticism, I mean, yep. it's already started to go, but when that athleticism fully goes, it's going to be scary to watch. It's going to be bad to watch. It really is. So yeah, I think that series is pretty much is what it is. Uh, Sixers in no more than five. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that one. The game that pissed me off royally this weekend, uh, Lakers and Suns. Uh, Suns come away with a big victory, 99-90 in game one. I'll start. Um, Yeah, Lakers. Well, I won't say the Lakers had a no-show. Anthony Davis had a no-show. My God, Anthony Davis. And look, I have been an Anthony Davis supporter. I've been a defender. I don't understand where this myth came from that Anthony Davis was a bad postseason player or that he's soft. I, I I don't understand where this like narrative came people from. People connect narratives with winning in the postseason, and a lot of times people don't realize that despite the fact that your team lost, you might have played well. You might have played well. Uh, right, right. Like, yeah. oh, everybody always brings up Jordan did, couldn't beat the Pistons, but like forget that he averaged like 40 a game right. and just literally ran up against a fucking football team playing basketball. But yeah, you know, Con- forget that one. context in a lot of these narratives. It's, it's ridiculous it's because, again, it's, just, it's all about narrative. It's not even about yeah. making astute critiques. It's right. just about narratives to, to like, paint and, and, whatever yeah. whatever analysis you wanted to swing one way or another. Um, yeah, listen, I've been a, I've been a defender of Anthony Davis, but today I think it was probably one of his worst games as a Laker. Honestly, in the two years he's been a Laker, I think this is probably one of his worst games. Um, he just did not. And it wasn't even about health because he moved around fine. It's just he just wasn't there. He's just like, I don't know if his mind was somewhere else or what. He just it just wasn't aggressive. He wasn't assertive. And AD is one of those guys like when he's not playing, when he's not playing well, it looks bad for some reason. Like it just it doesn't look like he's engaged. It looks lazy. It looks lazy. Yeah, that's what it is. I hate it. I don't want to say that. And I don't want to go that hard on a player because, you know, I don't, I'm not on the court. I'm not in practice. I'm not, but it looks lazy. It looked lazy. And he just looked lazy. I mean, when DeAndre Ayton, no disrespect to DeAndre Ayton, but DeAndre Ayton is out playing you in a postseason game. That's a problem. DeAndre Ayton missed one shot all game. Like he was like, a, he was a 10 for 11. Mm-hmm. Like I think he had a double double. Like it, it was like, it wasn't just outplayed. Like he got his ass thoroughly, thoroughly <laughs> outplayed. And then Vogel, some of Vogel's decisions, like going way too long with Andre Drummond. Like, I get it. They're trying to make this Drummond experiment work. And I'm not one of those guys that believes in the modern spacing thing. Like, you know, I, I, I get the, I get, I get why it's important. I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't, but I think too much is made into spacing and all that, especially with big men. Like, I think, does anybody think that Anthony Davis, if Anthony Davis doesn't try better today, the Lakers aren't in a better situation. I don't care how many minutes Andre Drummond plays. Anthony Davis didn't play well. It wasn't about Andre Drummond and spacing and clogging up the lane. It was about effort. Anthony yeah, Davis yeah. did not play well. It had nothing to do with spacing. Now, to that point, Andre Drummond cannot play 25 something, especially in this series. If Anthony Davis is not going to give you what he's going to give you, if he's, if Anthony Davis is going to play the way he plays this series or this game, you you can't rely on Andre Drummond, the, both of them together. It just it just doesn't work. Doesn't seem to fit. Um, yeah, 
I was very disappointed. I actually expected the Lakers to come out really play well in this game, Same. especially having especially having that that scare against the Warriors in the playing game. Um, to come out really just come out flat, lethargic, just still in cruise control mode. I was very unimpressed. Very, very unimpressed. And the thing about it is, and a lot of people are going to bring up AD. I did too. LeBron didn't have a great game either. LeBron had his moments, but he didn't play well. LeBron, LeBron seemed like, I I don't think I've ever seen a game where LeBron's imprint wasn't like completely on it in some way or shape or form. He like, that was the most casual LeBron game I think I've ever seen. No, I've, I've seen him have a lot. The thing with LeBron is LeBron fools you into thinking that he had a good game because he does so much and he fills up a stat sheet that he that fools was- you into thinking like LeBron. I literally saw LeBron have the most uninspired, most like inconsequential triple double like in history well, like, against history. the Celtics. Uh, aside, aside, all that, aside from the Mavericks series, but I'm telling you like today, I I just felt like LeBron wasn't even really on the court sometimes. It, it, he didn't seem like there were times in the first half he was making he was making nice passes against teammates mm-hmm. involved, but his imprint on he wasn't like the when LeBron's in the game he's always controlling the pace of the game mm-hmm. always. There's always some type of control. I I felt like he had no control this game, and it also seemed like he wasn't interested in having control. Yeah, he was another one that just kind of he just yeah. he's like. He just so happened to play better than AD. So right. AD. So the attention goes to AD. But yeah, LeBron just really didn't have. I mean, again, he had moments. He had a he had a stretch there when he played well, hit a couple jumpers, and it, and it looked like LeBron was really starting to turn up. But honestly, he just didn't play well. He didn't play well. And again, the Lakers they're 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 a two headed monster. They're driven by their stars. Those guys have to play well each and every night. I think this year not necessarily as much as last year, but I still think you need to get twenty five. 30 from LeBron and AD both. each and every game. They're not you know? winning this series if both players do not play well. And I mean both players. It can't be just one. They both have to have a good series right. from the series. This is this is the Western Conference Finals. Like this is this was supposed to be the Western Conference Finals. Hmm. It's it's the first round and a lot of people are getting like, you know, tripped up because it's the first round. No, this is this is like the equivalent of what a Western Conference Finals matchup should be. Right. Um I was really impressed with the Suns. You know, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a lot of the Suns over the year. I I didn't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I watched the Suns every single night. I didn't. Yeah. Um, But they're a really good team. Good team. Well coached. Monty Williams is a terrific head coach. Honestly, underrated. Um, Very well deserving of coach of the year. Monty Williams is a hell of a coach. Uh, Really good team. Devin Booker played great. He he was the best player on the court. Yep. um, In today's game. Um. You know, the fact and even with that, this team had to work awfully hard to beat a team, a Laker team that literally was just disinterested, that was basically on cruise control. And this was literally like maybe a two or three point through two or three possession game for most of that second half. And that's why if I'm a Laker fan, I'm not worried because I'm not worried. I'm annoyed. That's that's yeah. You should be frustrated, annoyed. Yeah, it's annoying. It's like this is the play. Like what? What is wrong with you? Why? Why do you have to? Why do you have to go through this? I mean, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers fall into that trap that I think a lot of veteran teams fall into is that oh, the turn on the light switch on and off switch thing. And I've seen it happen. And the last time I really saw it happen, especially with a Laker team, is that 2011 Laker team coming off the two championships. You know, you know, all throughout that year, you know, Phil's last year, Kobe, like oh, they're gonna turn on. Come the postseason, they're gonna turn on, turn on. Sometimes you go turn on that light switch, and that fucking light bill ain't paid yet. Or sometimes you're going to turn on that light switch and it just don't work. And that's what happened with the Lakers against the Mavericks. Remember, they, they, you know, everybody's like, Oh, they're going to turn on. They're going to turn on. They, they had a, they had a, they had a lackadaisical series against the uh, seven seeded New Orleans team. 
that had no business taking the Lakers to seven or to yep. six. six. And then and then they and then they ran up against a hot Mavericks team and just they blew the doors off of them. And I don't think this is going to happen this year, but that's the trouble that you run into when you play this game of like, oh, we're going to turn it on and off the light switch. It's like that doesn't work. You got to be you got to be locked and ready to go from the it's, first game of the postseason, especially when your coach is doing experiments with the lineup. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're going to play a big guy, you might as well play Marcus Sewell because at least he's going to give you something on the offensive end as far right. as like creativity and a wrinkle in the offense. It's, it, it's not going to be ISO LeBron. It's not going to be ISO. AD right. with him posting up. You can run different things that Marcus saw with him as a screener, with him handling the ball with cuts. You like that's the thing. If you want to go big, go big with Marcus Saul. And I'm not saying you should, but if that's the route you want to go, no, you you're right. The fact that Marcus Saul didn't play this whole like a DMP for Marcus Saul, like how? How does that even happen? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's like Drummond is a net negative. Like he's just he's 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 not he doesn't give you anything. Basically, around the rim, he gives you yeah. something, and he gives you some physicality and some rebounding. I don't want to understate that. I think that's still important. But again, when your str- when your two best players are struggling offensively, and you're 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 having trouble finding any kind of offense from anybody, any kind of playmaking from anybody, you, you, you can't have Drummond out there. He's one of the best playmakers that's that's played in the past twenty years sitting on the bench. I know he's old. I know he's not you know the same. He's not the same. He right. He, he he try it. What is, what is Drummond going to do? You're running plays for Drummond in the post. Why? Like what? Like why is Andre Drummond getting the ball in the post? It makes no sense. Makes no sense. And if yeah. he's not doing anything defensively, there's no reason why he should be out there. No, no. And I've always felt like Drummond's a little bit overrated defensively anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he, he doesn't have that impact that you know people like to think that, you know, because he gets a lot of rebounds and he blocks a lot of shots that he has and that he, impact that like yeah, a, 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 a Gobert or, or Dwight Howard in his prime have. He doesn't. He just, he just stay, he just he's, just, he's just a big body. Like, like even like last year, like JaVel McGee, right? JaVel McGee's a big body, but he's like active. He's like active. He's, he's in and out. Like he's, yep, exactly. Yeah, he's not just like exactly. taking up space. He's like, he, he's, he may not be that great defensively, but he's trying and he has moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, he has moments. And it's like, you know. Listen, Drummond is just a better version of Greg Monroe. I don't even know if I'd go that far. He's a taller version of Greg Monroe. He's a taller slightly more athletic and nimble Greg Monroe. I mean, that's exactly what he is. He doesn't have the, like the offensive, I don't want to say repertoire, but he doesn't have the offensive repertoire that maybe a Greg Monroe has or had, but you know, yeah, Drummond is as a, and I'm not even like a big Drummond hater. I just, it's just fact. Like he's just doesn't give you anything, especially if AD struggling, like he just doesn't, what he gives you doesn't offset the potential negatives that could bring by having him and playing him 25 plus minutes. It just doesn't. Right. So again, I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. I'm annoyed. Um, I fully expect the Lakers to come out, play well in game two. I actually expect the Lakers to win game two because again, I'm, I'm I don't, again, the Suns had to work awfully hard to beat this Laker team. I agree. Awfully hard. Well, and CP3 we, and we literally, and the yeah, CP3 was hurt too, but still the, 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 I mean, you can make the case that the Suns had the two best players on the court on Sunday. Oh, and 1, they still, and they still worked awfully hard to beat the Lakers. 1000%. 1000%. And the Lakers played like literal dog shit. Yeah. I think AD and LeBron bounce back. And I do think the Lakers take game two. This is, to me, this is a seven game series. I, I, I had Lakers in seven to start. I'm sticking with my pick. Lakers Listen, the, the, the fandom in me, I said Lakers in five to start. Um, the Suns have my attention. I will say that they have my attention now more than they had before. 
I'm still going to go with five. I just think that when when both teams at their peak, I still think the Lakers are better. I think the Lakers are the best team. Right. Um, I think that the Lakers will get away. I think this was a wake up call. I think yes. the Lakers know like, okay, the playoffs have started. Yeah, I like think last year I, against the Blazers, like last year against the Blazers, lose game that, one. But I think the Lakers kind of took this team for granted. I think they kind of felt like they could fuck around with the Suns. Oh, young team. Yeah. We'll discard okay, this play, team. Like and, it's, it's like the same thing they did with the Blazers last year. Right. I think they had more respect for the Blazers last year than they have this team. I, I Just the way they looked against this team, I think they just completely took the Suns for granted. And the Suns were like, no, we're not hoes. Like, we're going to come out here. We're going to punch you in the mouth. We're going to play hard at a yeah. full crowd. Like the crowd, they fed off the energy. Great crowd, team. by the way. Great cr- That's another thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Crowds. Terrific. Wonderful. Love it. Hell of a job. Love I it. mean, the NBA without crowds is just, it's. The bubble sucked. The bubble yeah, fucking just sucked. Terrible. I'm sorry. Terrible. I know. It was I'm telling you, even the first three quarters of the season this year sucked. Like, yeah. no crowds. It was just, it's, I mean, literally, it, it was hard not falling asleep in some of these games. Yeah. Um, and the energy level alone in some of these crowds were just just made it. I mean, Utah tonight. I mean, that game had a great crowd. You know, yeah. even though the Jazz trailed for much of the second half, like had a great crowd into it. It just brings a different level of emotion. But yeah, I think the Lakers really underestimated the Suns team, and I think the Lakers now know, like, okay, hey, we're not just gonna roll the ball out there, and these Suns are just gonna lay down. They're they're gonna they're gonna come to play. So I do think the Lakers are gonna come out with a more a more a bigger sense of urgency in game two. I do too. I think I think they win that game probably by the same amount the Suns won, like in like a nine twelve range. Yeah, I, I agreed. Um, so you got Lakers, you got Sun, you got Lakers in seven, right? Yeah, I've got Lakers in five. Okay, right now, but I but I reserve the the the, the right to change that. <laughs> they come out and lay another dug. I mean, even if they go down zero and two, zero two, I, I still think the Lakers figure out a way. Yeah, you go back, back. To, you go back to LA. You win two at home, right? Hold serve. You just got to win one in Phoenix. Yeah. 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 So, but I still got the Lakers in five. Still got the Lakers in five. I could be totally wrong. Uh, let's go to your team. Knicks, Hawks, and probably the game of the of the playoffs so far. Fantastic. Or at least probably the best game of the weekend. Um, I, this one and, and that Jazz game was pretty good too. But this one was a, a fantastic game. Another another game that was helped by the crowd. MSG was just rocking. Um, Hawks 107, Knicks 105. Knicks fan, you go. Man, this is going to sound crazy. I am so happy. I am so happy right now, man. Like, just to see the Knicks back in the playoffs in a competitive game. Yeah. We, we, got, our, we got our Reggie Miller. We got our Reggie Miller, man. We got him. We got this is amazing. This is this is absolutely amazing. Trey Young just made himself public enemy number one. Like we needed this so bad as a fan base, like to have someone now to kind of like I hate you. I could have asked for anything better. Like, yes, in the short term, we lose game one, go down all one in the series, but in the long term. Like mm-hmm. the effects that this could have for the New York Knicks and the fan base and for the NBA going forward, if this continues, is amazing. I I will gladly take the L in game one if it means the Knicks and the Hawks are going to start this new rivalry because of what's going on with Trey Young. Because it had all the feels of Reggie Miller in the garden. Not that Trey Young's at the level of Reggie Miller, but just with the crowd going crazy, with, with the emotion in the building mm-hmm. and... I love it, man. Like I like people hate, you know, like I, I, all these Nick fans are probably mad at Trey for like shushing the crowd. I love it. I, yeah, it's, 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 I hey, it's competition. Bring it. 
You know, because, hey, if Trey Young would have shot an air ball there, you know, yep. MSG would have let him have it. So it oh, goes yeah. both and ways. I, and I know that crowd. They were cursing at him all game. Hey, and, it goes both was, ways. If I was Trey, too, I'd be doing the same exact thing. It's I, Manny, I know they lost. You got to understand from my standpoint. See, you're a Laker fan. So you're going to each playoffs, especially with these past few years with expectations of the championship. I just want to see good basketball, man. No, and man, I do, I, I do want to, I do want them to beat the Hawks because they are the higher seed. And I think they are, I think the Hawks are more, more talented, but I do think that like, not that I'm expecting the Knicks to win the whole series, but I, I picked them to win because I legitimately think they can win the series. Yeah. So for me, I would like to see the Knicks win, but if they don't win the series, it's, it's okay. Like I'm not like there's, we're playing with house money. Ever yeah. since we got into the, it's all house money. We have a new villain. The garden's yeah. going to be crazy for game two. Like yeah. it, basketball matters. It in matters York. in New York City now, which in is MSG. Like, yeah. And, you know, and it's sad that like I'm saying that, you know, there's other franchises like the Lakers and the Celtics where like it's mattered forever. And like, you know, it's, it's, there's levels to this, but I'm happy, man. Like that game was, I, I just watched an incredible Nick game with my friends at Dave and Buster's and it was just, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. No, I congrats to you. First of all, you know me, I have rooting interest in the Knicks. I want to see the Knicks do well. And it's, it's, it's great. It's again, the Knicks are like, they're, they're a 10 pole franchise. You, you know, the basketball is better when the Lakers are good. When the Celtics are good, the Knicks are good. When the bulls are good, like basketball is better. Same thing in every sport. When the Cowboys are better, football is better. You know, when the Steelers are good, football's better. Packers are good, football's better. You know, baseball, Yankees are good. You know, I, I can't fucking stand the Yankees. But I'll be the first to admit, when the Yankees are great and dominating, it's good for the game. Dodgers, same thing. Cubs, same thing. You have those tent pole franchises that carry the league. And the Knicks are one of those. And it's been, it's been, I think it's hurt the league the last couple of years that you don't, that the Knicks have been so bad. I mean, they've just been, un, they've been unwatchable. They've been, it's one thing to be bad, but to be uncompetitive, bad, and just have nothing, no hope in the biggest market in your sport. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that hurts the league. It hurts the league overall. It really does. And I think that having the Knicks be relevant, having the Knicks be competitive and good and solid and well-rounded and well-run, I think it actually helps the league. It, it, like it adds like an extra sprinkle to the league yeah. that the Knicks are better, you know? Um, so yeah. And then the crowd MSG, what, I mean, I don't think anybody expected anything less that crowd delivered crowds Wild. at MSG are Wild. always, are always dope. I, I, even though me and you got into a little bit of a Twitter beef. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, listen, listen, I stare at you Lakerly. I think the Lakers still have the best fan base. You know, I'm biased, of course. Not even close. Not, I, listen, the vibe at the Staples Center doesn't even come close to the vibe. I, but the Staples Center, that's the thing. I always tell you, because you're not the only person that's told me this. Look, I think when the Lakers were, the, the worst thing the Lakers did was leave the forum. The Lakers should have remodeled the forum and stayed at the forum. We had a, we had a, we had, had a that home grit. field. You had that grit. You had that. I get why the forum was outdated and whatever, even though now it's remodeled and they basically can't find a tenant for it now. Um, the Clippers have talked about going back to it. Um, but I actually wish the Lakers would go back to the, to the form. Um, I think that was that that building had charm. Staples doesn't have charm. Staples it's is just it's a I'm facility. Tell, I, it's a I facility. People, is what it is. It's not a arena. Time. I tell people this all the time, especially people from the East Coast. Who I went to college with the Philadelphia 76ers playing the Wells Fargo Arena. Mm-hmm. If you drop me off in the hallway of Wells Fargo, or and drop me off in the hallway of the Staples Center and told me to guess like which arena I was in, I wouldn't be able to tell you. They look exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly. There's no personality whatsoever. There's nothing. Yeah. The, the building, like it's cool too. Like they have statues outside of Stable Center, 
Um, it, it's it's like there's some history there. It's cool, but it, it feels very generic, and it feels like very just like it feels like a very corporate arena. And MSG yeah. still has that old right. vibe to it, even though it's there's, been remodeled. Even yeah, though it's like the, you know the stingy, like the most disgusting train station is underneath the garden. Yes, like it's just. Pretty much agree with that. <laughs> although there's ab- although there's other ones that you could kind of throw on the list, but yeah, but but yeah, no, for sure. Penn Station is an absolute like shithole, and it's amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it adds it adds to the charm. You don't have that necessarily yeah. in Staples. I do I do disagree though. I think that if the Lakers were in in the forum, rocking and rolling the they're forum, not, I still they're, they're, not. Not. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not. I get it. I get it. And I think that I think teams lose something when they move to these like. I think the Warriors have lost something. Moving from it Arco, or, I mean, we'll have to we'll have the reserve pandemic. Yeah. So it's, it, but you know, even the other night, like it didn't feel, didn't feel the yeah, same. It didn't feel, didn't feel the same. Like Oracle, like th- there have been games that, like Oracle, like as an opposing fan or like that felt even scary. During the days felt, where they weren't a dynasty with like the yeah. Aaron Davis and the Stephen Jacksons, like, yeah, like, yeah, that home that home arena adds something, man. And I think yeah. you lose something when you move into. The, I think the Raiders in football are going to feel something about that when they go to Vegas because right. you know it's pr- a little bit different. Fans can travel in football is a little different. But that black but, hole, I, yeah, that black hole in Oakland. I, you know, even in LA, I don't think it's going to be the same in Las Vegas. I just. I don't. So yeah, sometimes when you move to a different arena, you just you kind of lose that that charm. But whatever. The greatness of it. I think, that greatness I think the garden of it. has that. Um, I also think that like the garden brings the best out of stars too, because you go in there yeah. and you want to put on a it's show. The history, man. You're just yeah. you, you're in that building. You just know yeah. what the, you know. You don't feel the same way in Staples. I mean, you yeah. feel from it from like the attention Staples get, and because you know the banners and stuff like that. So it's a little bit, but it's not as much as as MSG. I agree. Yeah. I agree. From, from a game perspective, Julius Randle was awful. Uh, he reverted back to the, the bad shot selection that he had last year. Mm-hmm. Kind of, he it, he kind of like last year's Julius Randle. I mean, there were times where he, you know, he passed the ball pretty well. I wasn't like really um, upset with you know how he moved the ball, but I was just. It seemed like he, there were times where he's like, "I got to get going," so he forced a lot. He 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 forced a lot of like contested fadeaway jumpers that he didn't need to force. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think his shot selection was was off. Um, Trey Young, they got to guard the pick and roll better. They, they, they were awful in the pick and roll, which is, you know, not really, which is pretty surprising with me. So they, they pretty much guard the pick and roll really well. So I, I, I expect them to make adjustments there. Hopefully, Nerlens Noel is healthy and is playing because if they don't have Nerlens, they're not winning the series. Yeah. So this is going to the assumption that Nerlens is healthy. He didn't play at the end. He wasn't there in the last possession, and it showed because he steps up. I'm not saying he makes the play, but he makes that shot a little more difficult for Trey. So. Um, yeah, I think it's going to go seven. Like, this doesn't surprise me. If you would have told me after two games at home in New York, what's the series at? I would have told you one, one. So that makes game two a must win. And I think they win. Yeah. Uh, as far as the game goes, I'm a little concerned for the Knicks. Um, yeah, I'm a little concerned. I don't want to overreact after one game. I just, the issues that I have with the Knicks are kind of the same things we talked about last week. It's just that I don't, the Knicks are not a great offensive team. And I think in this series, I think they're going to have moments where they're going to struggle to score. And I think you saw that, you know, especially late in this game. Um, when Alex, when Alec Burke, Burks is your closer and he's hitting big shot and credit to him. I mean, he had the game of his life, but you can't count on that every night. You know, right. Alex Burke, Alec Burke is not going to do that again. You know what right. I mean? RJ and Julius have to step up. RJ and Julius have to step up. The Knicks need a closer. The, 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 the Hawks, they're not great defensively, but they, when, when, you know, I, I've said this and I, I really believe this when, when you have the best player in the series, and I think, I think Trey Young is the best player talent wise in the series. 
I think you're you always have an advantage because you know late in the game, late in the shot clock, you got a guy that you can give the ball to and he's gonna get you a bucket. And I don't think the Knicks have that. You know what's crazy? You know? I think the Knicks have it, but I think it's D Rose, and I'm not as comfortable with D Rose as like Yeah. If, if if you have a guy to give the ball, if we're gonna rank like teams go to guys right. at the end, D Rose is probably last out of all the players in the, in the playoffs as far as like like the Blazers, you got Dame, the Nuggets you have Jokic, you know. Right. You know, the Lakers, you have LeBron and AD. The Suns, you have Chris Paul. But, like, each team has someone where you're like, oh, I don't want the ball in the hands. But the Knicks, it's like, give the ball to D. Rose and hope for the best. Hope for the best. <laughs> and it's like, that's still not a perfect, you know, with all due respect, as much as I love Derrick Rose, at this point in his career in 2021, he yeah. shouldn't be that guy. Right. Right? But he kind of um, is. He, he's he, I mean, I he more, is. By, by I feel most just, comfortable with Derrick Rose, with the ball in Derrick Rose's hands. But that's the thing. If, like, if that's the case, then, yeah, we have problems already. No, look, yeah. I, I don't want to overreact. I, look, then I still think this is probably going to be a seven-game series, but I called it last week. I think if this series, for some reason, doesn't go seven, I think it'll go five, and I think that it'll go five in the direction of the Hawks. I just think that the Hawks are more explosive, have more firepower. Again, they have the best player. Um, you know, and even if even if I was to give you Julius over Trey, which I'm not, you know, they have two or three other guys that are better than anybody on the Knicks. So I, I just think that you have that advantage. But the problem with the, with the with the Hawks is that they're a young team, and you're going to have ebbs and flows, and you're going to have a game where they play well, and then you're going to come out another game. I'm I'm curious to see how the Hawks come out in Game Two, if they come out with that same sense of urgency and aggressiveness that they did at times in this game, or do they feel comfortable like, Oh, we got one. Let's go home. Let's, let's kick back and relax. Cause I think that's another thing young teams tend to do. It's like, Oh, we got our, we got our split. So we're good. You know, like, right. no, you, you got a team that again, you're more talented than you don't probably play harder than them. Like the Knicks play hard every night. They give you 100, 110% every single night. That's the credit to the Knicks. That's the credit to Thibodeau, but they don't have more talent than you. So you should come out and you should really put your foot on the gas and try to get to an MSG. Will they? That's going to be key. Uh, right. I think the Knicks win the next game. I think this is by in all likelihood is going to be seven. I think the Nerlens Noel injury will be a big thing to watch. Like even if he does play, but if he's compromised, how does that affect the Knicks? And again, I just I worry about them late in games in these situ in late in these games. Yeah. I just uh, RJ, he's still it, not it, there yet. RJ should be the closer. He should be, and he, but he's and not. That, but also. Thibodeau has to be more creative. You got to come up with something. You can't just say, "Yeah, Julius top of the key, go." Rose top of the key, go. Run some screens. Run some. And that's always been Tibbs' weakness. That's always been his weakness. Like when 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 Trey hit that, when Trey hit that shot, even though it's 0.9 seconds, it's 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 not realistic. I had like for for all the problems like people have of Mike D'Antoni, I have I have the Nets. Like the Nets will come up with something with 0.9, regardless of who their player is. Yes. Um, Rick Carlisle will come up with something with 0.9, regardless of who his players are. Thibodeau doesn't have that in his bag. No. He doesn't. The play that they ran was absolute shit. It was terrible. It was awful. Did they even run a play? You could argue that they they had they had Burke run baseline as a decoy and then had Julius flash the foul line. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Yeah. With me, I I would have ran quickly or um or Burke. Yeah. I, yeah. Personally, with me, I would have quickly has the most range. Uh, I, I would have trusted quickly. I, I would have ran a play for quickly. Mm, I would have. I would have. I don't Randall know if I would. I don't know. I don't know if I would have trusted quickly. I, I think that a guy like that young kid in that type of situation. Who knows? I mean, hey, who knows? I I I think I would have given the ball to Rose because um, you've seen him in that situation at times make a shot, True. make something out of nothing. I think I would have went to D Rose or hell even Julius at the basket. Just trying to draw, draw, draw contact. Julius was so off. I, I didn't want to touch the ball. 
Yeah. I trust not- Julius to get contact in that situation. So I would have trusted something, you know, something going towards the basket where maybe Julius can kind of, yeah. you know, maybe on a lob attempt or so- something to create some sort of contact or maybe an and one or something like I, I would have trusted. I- Listen, um, not a great uh, final sequence there for the Knicks, but I'm concerned. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, that's the series is over. Hawks are going to win. Hawks have their own issues. The Hawks are the more talented team. It just is what it is. The thing is with, with the Knicks, what's concerning is that this is a game that they should have won. This is a game in the low hundreds. You're having a knock them out, grind it out game. You had them in the style that you wanted and you lost. And you lost. But that's what's concerning yep. on, t- on top of the New Orleans injury. Yep. Yep. And Julius has to play better. Right. He has to play better. And I expect that he will. I but that's the thing. As a Nick, as, as much as I love Julius this year, like when AD plays bad, when LeBron plays bad, I'm like, they'll bounce back with Julius. I honestly don't know if he will. I don't know. I think he will. I, th- I think he will. I think, I think maybe, I think Julius probably put a lot of pressure on himself at first game, MSG crowd. Sometimes that works against you. Well, you, you're so revved up and you put so much emotion yeah. into it that I think that, you know, oh shit, you know, now you're, well, now you're, with the team. They were, had a now you're two for 14 and, you know, you're struggling. Like 24, they were down like 24 11 to start the game. Also, Tibbs, you got to get away from Alfred Payton, please, for the love of God. Yeah. Like, he loves Alfred Payton. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, and it's nothing against Alfred, man. Like Alfred's, a, he seems like a good dude. He's, he just doesn't fit with the team. Team. Stop yeah. it with Alfred Payton. Every you're start. We are starting a game with a disadvantage every single night. This is a this is a lineup that is has a plus minus in the minuses. Your starting lineup should not have that if you're a playoff right. team. It, yeah. it, that 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 shouldn't be. You're starting yeah. off every first quarter and second and, and third quarter. So first and second half at a disadvantage. He, I wonder. He went, I wonder if he makes that adjustment though. But why wouldn't you? Like at this point, it's a pride. It's well, like you know, it's, you know, Tibbs. You know, t- look, I love Tibbs, but you know, you know, Tibbs. Tibbs is a guy that he's gonna go with what got him there. He's loyal to a fault. I don't like it. I just wonder if he makes that adjust. Like, I wonder if they go down O two, does he make that adjustment? I will say this: you guys go down O two, it's over. I agree. I agree. Like, it's not coming. It may not come back to MSG over. I wouldn't go that far, but I agree. You have a young team like this, a young team that's cocky, that's arrogant. And so, again, it, Nate McMillan coaching. This is a guy who knows what he's doing. He's going to, yeah, he's gonna, but I don't think he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Nate's head and shoulders above Tibbs. No, I think Tibbs is a better coach than Nate. But what I will say is that Nate knows what he's doing. And I think Nate has, Nate's got this team. I mean, just look at the records since Nate took over with his team. It's, it's, it's not even, it's night and day, right? Um, oh, Indiana, how, how'd that, how'd that switch go, by the way? Um, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> I just, I, I'm a Nate McMillan guy. And the fact no, that I have just, he, he, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy like, for him. Underappreciated coaches for a long time and just never, he gets fired a lot for whatever reason, but the guy just, you can't argue with his record. No, can't argue with it. He's going to be in Atlanta for a long time. I guarantee it. Why would you get rid of him? I mean, he's basically he's linked with Trey. in a That's in a span of three months, he's turned that team from a bottom feeder to a you know potentially maybe even getting out of the play you know maybe getting out long of the first term, round long term right? contract coming his way. In the yeah, give season. yeah give him give Six him whatever years. he wants. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, look, I not to say that the Grizzlies have the definitive coaching or the Grizzlies jumping ahead. Not to say that the Hawks have the definitive coaching advantage, but I will say I think Nate McMillan knows what he's doing. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a calming influence on a young team like this. And I think that worries me is you got a team, a young team that's arrogant. You know, they they take the personality of a superstar. They go down 0-2 and they win two gritty games at MSG. That would scare me if I'm a Nick fan coming back. 
It, it's. I, I don't think. I think the series is over in the sense it's like over in six, but I don't think it's a sweep. Maybe you're right, and I don't think it is either. I'm just saying. I'm just saying the Knicks better win game two. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. So, but whoever wins game five wins the series. My mind. Very true. Could potentially be the case. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but all in all, it is great to see the Madison Square Garden rocking and rolling again. It has been long overdue. Although TNT production crew, whatever, stop showing James Dolan. It just it's literally. <laughs> I watched it on I watched it on MSG. Oh, did you? I I, I don't have MSG, so yeah. I wish I could have watched it on MSG. I wanted to see Mike Breen. I thought I heard Mike Breen had uh had some some fantastic I mean it's Mike Breen, of course, but you know, Mike Breen was in his bag, especially today. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. Mike Breen's a Nick fan and people like oh, yeah. And then and then if you're TNT, right? Like how do you how do you not have Marv Albert calling the first playoff game in MSG and eight yet? Fail, fail, Marv's TNT. Not, Marv's not what he used to be. He's not what he used to be, but you still gotta have that from a from a. Especially this is his last go around. Like you gotta have Marv at MSG. You got, you got to, yeah. you got to. Maybe they will the rest of the series, but you know, okay. you, you gotta have Marv at MSG. So that's a fail. Whoever came up with that, whoever the producers or production, yeah, that, that's that's a that's they dropped the ball on that one. Marv Albert has to call that game. And oh, speaking of Marv Albert. Thank God. It's such an upgrade. Grant Hill over Chris. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't listen. Oh, I didn't it's listen. Such an, and I know it's going to come on oh, a dookie. So, you know, it's Grant. Nah, no, man. They honestly could have put, they could have put you out there calling games against Marv. And it oh, been out there. no disrespect to you, of course, but just saying no, like Chris Weber was so bad. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Grant Hill. Bravo. <laughs> Uh, all right, final game of the playoffs, uh, or at least for the weekend, the first uh, round of games. Grizzlies, Jazz, Grizzlies come out, escape with a 112-109 victory to take a one nothing lead in the series. I know you didn't watch a lot of this game. Yeah, I is. did. You know, this was uh, this was an interesting game, man. I am very worried about the Jazz. If Donnie Mitchell is not healthy, I do not see the Jazz winning the series at all. I you think he winning the series. I do not really? see them winning the series. I am going right. to, that may be a hot take for some people. I did not hot like what I me. saw. I didn't like what I saw from the Jazz. I've not been a Jazz believer all year, and that pains me because, again, Quinn Snyder, fellow Dookie, I love Quinn Snyder. I think he's a hell of a coach, but I just, I don't love this Jazz team. To me, they're so Donnie Mitchell reliant. And again, you can survive a 17 game stretch in the regular season, you know, just with depth and just schedule and manipulation. Like, I, I get all that. You can survive that in the postseason. The Grizzlies are young. They're hungry. They're tough. They're bullies. I mean, you got Dylan Brooks out there basically punking the whole Jazz roster. Listen, I I don't want to be hyperbolic. I don't want to be a hot take machine, but I did not like what I saw. Now, look, you give Utah credit. They found a way to come back and you know make it a game late, and they had a ch- they had a chance to win the game or at least tie the game and set it into overtime. But again, basically from second quarter to middle of the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies thoroughly outplayed the Jazz. I mean, it wasn't even close. Wasn't and that's bad. with and that's with Morant not really having like a great he had a really he had a good game, a strong game, especially for his first game. But it's not like John Morant went crazy. So yeah. So Dylan Brooks had himself a game. Dylan Brooks had a now he went cold, cold as ice in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. But uh Dylan Brooks had a really good really strong game. Um, they just got contributions from everybody. They really did. I thought the Grizzlies played really well. They played again and they out physical, they out efforted, they out toughed the Jazz. And that was surprising to me. 
And I guess I'm so down on the Jazz is because, again, the Jazz are one of these teams that they, it just never seems like this is what bothers me with basketball now. It's like all these teams, they have one way they want to play and that's it. Like there's no deviation. There's no plan B. Nothing. Right. There's not a plan B. Hell, forget a plan B. There's no plan C, D, nothing. They're just we're going to shoot threes. And if they go in, great. We're great. If they don't, we're just going to. I mean, they're just lobbing threes. That, honestly, that's what makes the Lakers to me so unique because they do have that. The Lakers can go different directions. They're probably one of the few. Yeah. Even the Warriors, you know, for all the, you know, the Warriors had different ways of beating you when they were at their peak. Some of these teams, I mean, like the Jazz, I mean, they're just, they're going through a stretch there where just, they couldn't buy a hoop, like drive to the basket, create a little simple pick and roll act. Nothing. It's just three, clank, clank, like George's Niang. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, drive to the basket, get get an and one, get something, like something, be creative, like nothing. It's like they have one, they're wired one way to play and that's it. And if they don't, and if, and if it works and if it doesn't, then it's like, oh, we're just going to go down shooting. Like, and it's, it's tough to watch. It really is. Now, eventually some of those shots start falling. And I think Grizzly, I think the Grizzlies kind of got a little ahead of themselves there. I thought the game was over with like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I think they allowed the Jazz to come back. But yeah, I was not impressed with the Jazz and I did not like what I saw from them. And again, if Donnie Mitchell is not going to play or is compromised in any way, I, I do not like the Jazz in this series. Uh, man, I, I have a hard time believing that the, the Memphis Grizzlies can win four out of seven against Utah Jazz, even if Donovan Mitchell Stranger things have happened. Nah, it, listen, John Morant is, you know, having his coming out party. I think the Grizzlies are a young up and coming team. But I mean, the Jazz team, even without Donovan Mitchell, they've been okay. They've been fine. I, I think that they'd be in trouble against the Suns, the Lakers. I think the upper echelon of the Western Conference they'd be in trouble with. But the Memphis Grizzlies, they're fine. They're he didn't okay. play tonight. They're, he didn't like. They've been revving him I up didn't and getting see him. He didn't I, play I didn't, tonight. I, yeah. So for I, them, I, for I, them to basically, you know, because all the word was he was going to play tonight. Yeah. And for him not to play, for them not to feel comfortable to throw him well, out there. I, I think it's more arrogance. I think that they think they can win without him. I think. I think that holding out more of our arrogance in the sense where it's like we can probably get away with not playing Donovan this series. If I, honestly, I think, and they, that's a mistake. I I honestly think they sit him for game two. And that's a mistake. Okay. I'm telling you right now, Josh, I'm telling you, I know you didn't watch the game. That's a mistake. I think they need Donnie Mitchell, especially because, again, I don't love them. See, Donnie Mitchell's the one guy that when those threes are not falling, Donnie can create his own shot, can get to the rook, can get to the cup, and a little play of pick and roll action. Like, they don't have another guy. Jordan Clarkson, he's, he's, he's a, he's a six man. He's a, he's a bench Conley's guy. Not that any, he's not Conley's not that. I mean, Ingles is spot up. Bogdanovich is spot Bogdanovich up. Ha- Bogdanovich got hot in the fourth quarter. That's what really got him back in the game. But you, you can't rely on Bogdanovich every night to do that, you know, to basically score, you know, 30 points a night. Like, yeah, I think they're in trouble. If they think they're going to beat, I'm telling you, this Grizzlies team, they're not afraid of the Jazz. This is not a situation where you got some. Yeah, they're not scared. I, I just don't think they have the talent. I don't. I don't think they have the team yet. I don't. I, I can't. See I think the Grizzlies are good. You know why? I think the Grizzlies showed me something in that playing game. Winning a tough game against a well-coached Spurs team, especially a Spurs team that could easily came back, and then going into Golden State. Okay, I know the Chase Center is not Oracle, but again, going into Golden State. I know you're not high on Golden State. I get it, but still, winning that game the way that they did, especially yeah. after almost blowing it to recover and win that game and then to come out and win game one like this against the top seed in the NBA. That showed me a lot about this team. A lot. And I'm telling you, the Jazz are making a mistake if they think they're going to win this series without Donnie Mitchell. I don't know. 
I, I, I didn't see the game, so I, I can't. I don't break know. It down. Now I don't want to. I don't want to. Again, I don't want to overreact, and I know that's what it sounds like. I'm overreacting, but no, I, 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 I want to see more. I'm not going to sit here and say right now it's going to be a sweep, but I'm telling you right now, the Jazz better win game game two. Okay. They better win game two. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got Dylan Brooks punking them. You got the the kid the the, the kid from TCU. Making big shots, like yeah, I, I was yeah. I was really impressed with the Grizzlies, really impressed with them. So, yeah. Um, as far as the series goes, uh, predictions. I had the Jazz in five. I'm sticking with it. I'm gonna stick with the Jazz in five, although I'm if wavering. Mitchell plays. If Mitchell plays, God. If Mitchell plays, so playoffs got some juice. I like it, man. It was a great weekend. It got some. It was a great weekend. I listen. Fantastic. It usually takes outside of my Lakers. It usually takes me a while to kind of get going in the first round, just because I hate seven games in the first round. But I was into it every game. This and you had literally really good games throughout the weekend. Like yeah, no no bad games. Like even the Celtics Brooklyn game was good for a while. Like yeah. just really good games throughout. So yeah, I, the playoffs have some juice, man. I'm actually Hope I'm actually looking way. forward to it. Hope he stays that way. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Obviously, watch watch tomorrow and the next day a bunch of game two duds. But I hope it's a. I, honestly, I think it's going to be competitive. I think there's. I think this is going to be too. one of the most competitive. I think, I think first we rounds. have a bunch of series that potentially can go seven. Yeah, you have a bunch of series that can go seven. Although I think you have a lot of series that can also go four or five too. It's it's weird the nature of right. it. The, the way you feel about the Nuggets is kind of how I feel about the Jazz. Okay. Without without the Nuggets, without J- Jamal Murray, I, that's how I feel about the See, Jazz. Without the, oh, partially the reason why I feel the way about the Nuggets is also because their opponent. I think the match. True. Is- true. True. That's true. That's true. I just I don't know, man. The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies feel like they believe. The Grizzlies are not here to just make it a six game series it, and pass it. Like the Grizzlies. If you would have saw the Grizzlies tonight, you would have thought like, oh, this month these motherfuckers think they can win this series. Yeah. I mean, and you should, right? But yeah, you're playing. You might. Like, you would think, right? But yeah. yeah, they're not acting like normal kids. A seeds, like they're acting like, yo, we're not afraid of Utah, especially if they got Donovan Mitchell. Like, yeah, you know, it's crazy too. Like Grizzlies, like let's just hypothetically, they played the winner of the Mavericks, Clippers, and if the Mavericks beat the Clippers, you can totally sell me on the Grizzlies beating the Mavericks, which would then put the Grizzlies in the Western Conference Finals. Can you I'm not gonna that? I'm not gonna go that far. I think that the I think I think that the Mavericks would probably beat the Grizzlies. I think I'm that'd just be seven. I could say that you would be seven. Me. That's six seven. Yeah. Oh, that's seven easily. Yeah. You you could sell me on the Grizzlies winning that series. And that would be a that would actually I would actually like to see that matchup. Valanciunas would eat the fucking Mavericks alive. Yeah. Alive. When did Valanciunas become this much better than he was in Toronto? Like, remember in Toronto, he was a stiff. Yep. And like here, he's like, he eat him alive. He eat him alive. Yeah. Yeah. No. The listen, the playoffs got some juice. I like it. I think it's good. I think it's coming out at, at the right time this year too, where uh, you know there's not a lot going on in the sports calendar. You know, baseball's in May. It's May baseball, so it is what it is. Yeah. You know, football, it's in its dead period. You don't really have a lot of stuff going on. There's nothing in golf, nothing in tennis, nothing going on. So I think, I think it's coming at the right time too. And then you got crowds back. It feels normal. Yeah. I, I, I playoffs have some juice. So I'm, I'm very, I'm looking forward to see if this continues and, and where we go from here. So I think we got a bunch of really good series. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it for this week. I think playoff heavy, uh, 
AGS this week. Um, anything else you want to share? Anything else that's on your mind uh, about the weekend? Playoff action? Honestly, I, all I have on my mind is basketball. <laughs> that's all I have. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing else in the news. Uh, I'm sure we could talk. We could talk about Israel Palestine and, and get absolutely nowhere. There is a there's a pseudo ceasefire, but you know, then then Israel bomb a mosque today again. It's it's just another Sunday in that, Israel. I, I thought I saw that they bombed I, another one. I, 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 I maybe I, they did. Maybe they didn't. You know, it's I'll a typical honest, Sunday I, in Israel. Just I have you know just apartheid and and you know, <laughs> you know, it's just a typical typical Israel Sunday. I haven't kept up with anything political or current event related um since the playoffs started yeah this week this week has i just been so busy i haven't really i mean i've i've, I've in and out you know marjorie taylor green says something stupid again and what else is you know what else is new um you know i think uh your boy matt gets is stuff is still coming out about him Doing you, coke you're, and you're trying to provoke me. You're trying to provoke me. No, no, man. No, 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 no. It's late. It's late on your end. I know we're you're gonna just, get out of here. Going no, down no, my sure. list of like uh, Mitch McConnell did this. Ted Cruz said this. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> no, we could, we could you're listen. We could, we hits. could, we could run down the gamut of stuff. The CDC recommendations on the mass and all that. Real quick on that, I just look. It is what it is. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. It's almost like the CDC is like like uh, spinning this wheel and whatever the wheel. I think the CDC just said fuck it. Like, look, I don't think they said fuck it. I I think if I'm going to give you like an educated guess, I think they don't know. I I think they're they oh yeah they're rolling with the punches as as what the hell this virus is, how deadly it is. There's different mutations of the virus. Things are going back to normal. You have places like Texas that are not wearing masks and they're doing fine. So it's like, well, maybe that we can do this. And it's like. They, they're just kind of like, if everything is just like, we've, we have pretty much, I wouldn't say defeated the virus, but we're in a really good spot right now. We weathered, I don't say we defeated the virus, but we weathered the storm. We did more than weather the storm. I, we haven't defeated the virus, but we are looking like COVID cases are, are we're managing like, it. We're managing it. We're managing I, it. I would say more than that. I, I don't, I don't think it's over. I'm not saying we're in Whatever the Whatever adjective you want to use. I, I think that we've gotten, we've gotten past the worst part. Now it's just about just adjusting to it, accepting it that COVID is here for the foreseeable future and that, you know, the vaccine is readily available. Again, issues with vaccines or whatever, it's there. It's, it's about, like I was telling my wife the other day, it's about personal choice. The vaccine's available. Either you want to take the vaccine or you don't. You want to wear a mask? Wear it. Great. Woohoo. One way or another, we support you. If you don't want to wear a mask, woohoo. Support you if you don't, whatever. That's your right. I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over, ha- I'm over the politicization of it. It's like people are going to do what they want to do. You have the information. It's been out there. You can either choose to you believe the CDC. Been- you can choose yeah. to believe your local, your local county and city and municipal governments and, and their health departments. You can choose to believe whatever you want to believe at this rate. Like it's there. The information's out there. Research it. Find out what's, what works best for you and make a personal decision. Yeah. Couldn't say that better. Couldn't yeah. Better. So. All right, man. I think that is it. I think this is the most basketball heavy AGS we've had in a long, long, maybe ever. Love That's it. a good thing. Hey, it's, 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 it's the start of the NBA playoffs, man. We, we might have more of these. Who knows? Love you know, we'd be back in two weeks and, uh, who knows? Biden blew up the world. Who knows? Or, or Israel, you know, might have murdered some more Palestinians. Who knows? Don't get me started on Who knows, man? Who knows? Don't get me, don't um, get me talking about <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not trying. I'm not, trust me. I'm not trying to go you into it. Nah, nah, nah. We'll get out of here for sure. But, um, as always, man, thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. Uh, you guys know where to find us on Twitter. You can find the show on any podcast platform out there wherever wherever you get your podcast at we are there uh you can follow this podcast on twitter at ags pod instagram ags podcast and of course facebook any given sunday josh 
Uh, you want to tell the listeners anything before we get out of here? Yeah, Dime with Josh Rodriguez on all podcast platforms, trying to do two episodes a week for the playoffs because episodes get really old if you don't update them. Um, yes. So trying to do two episodes a week, so look out for that. Just search The Dime with Josh Rodriguez on your favorite podcast platform. Plus the narrative changes around. Like, hell, even by the time this people listen to this, like Monday and Tuesday, the whole complexion of what we talked about changes. Everything is just dime. everything yeah, changes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but for sure, go make sure you follow Josh on Twitter as well. Make sure you follow the Dime on Twitter. Go check out all the stuff that he's got going on on Undefeated as well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Manual Brown. Same thing on Instagram at the Manual Brown. Facebook Manual Brown Manny Pro fifteen on Snapchat. You guys know the deal. Make sure you check out all the work that I got going on at uh, MLBBro.com. More things to come on that front. All right, I think we did all the housekeeping stuff. We're gonna get up out of here. Have a happy, safe, blessed week for Josh Rodriguez. I am Manny Brown. We are out of here. Peace. 